Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Toronto needs a regular public service announcement to remind people not to ride the zipper at the Toronto exhibition every year. Why isn't the zipper in Roller Coaster Tycoon? I guess that's an easier way to kill people, but oh, we're live, Neil. Oh, Mike, well, thank you so much for joining me today. But in all seriousness, though, that, that ride isn't incredibly dangerous. So dangerous, in fact, that it's actually featured in the 2006 film Final Destination 3, which is a movie simply about killing people uh, by accident. And in that movie, it's in a theme park, but I think the people die in a roller coaster in that theme, in, in that scene, which uh, makes a bit more sense. Makes a bit more sense, but yeah, for those who aren't from the Toronto area and have never heard of the Zipper, uh, it is a kind of like a Ferris wheel almost mm-hmm. of death. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to explain. Uh, if you just look up uh, the Zipper exhibition, you'll see all the news and stuff that's been that it, where it's been and uh, why it's very unsafe. And uh, does it still operate, Neil? It is, does. Does it still exist? Oh yeah, it, it, it was there last year. Yeah, it was. At, I went to the X and you, you and I both went to the X in 2022. It was there. People have died on that ride uh at least getting really badly hurt i know about that and it it does exist in the states too i don't know what fares you can find it at there it might be called a different name in your local county town but nevertheless watch out for a ride that looks like a ferris wheel of death but we got a little bit of time before the theme parks open mike so uh until we get to those later on in the summertime what's uh what's new in your life well neil i have a funny one uh the other day i was so i live in an apartment because i'm living in toronto and you can't buy houses anywhere they don't exist right but uh, uh, in the apartment, there's the mail slots, of course, like every apartment has. And uh, I one day was actually getting mail from uh, the mail slot, which is like a once a week occurrence because we live in 2023. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, sure enough, uh, when I'm bending down to look through to see if there's anything there, I spot two eyes and it's the mailman <laughs> who is there and he is uh, he is delivering uh, some junk mail. And I was like, hey, like, you know, kind of a little awkward situation. I was like, how are you, how are you doing? I was like, hey. Uh, and I, he saw me take the junk mail and, like, immediately go to throw it out. And he's like, hey, man. Uh, and he sounds like um, uh, Carl, I think his name is, or like the from Family Guy, the guy who voices Bob's Burgers as well. He sound, he's got, like, Oh, the guy from voice. the video store? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so Bob's uh, Bob from Bob's Burgers or, or Carl from Family <laughs> Guy uh, it, it, uh, looks down at me and is like, hey, man. Uh, you just you're throwing that out like yep he's like well do you do you not want any junk mail it's like is is that an option <laughs> is this is this something i wasn't aware of he's like yeah and he just from out of nowhere takes a sticker that says no junk mail and just p- puts it on the back of my uh my mail slot so voila neil now i don't get junk mail that's an incredible life hack tip i i'm gonna try this with my my mail uh my mail room as well i also live in a condo i don't have the that setup though where i can see eye to eye with the the mail guy i have to mine is lower to the ground so i actually have to like crouch down to get my mail oh, so is mine i'm not sure why he was you could <laughs> also like, crouching <laughs> I, I'm, that, this actually terrifies me now because when i get my mail i just reach my hand in without looking like i'm like i'm doing one of those blind reach your hand into a box and feel you know worms or whatever I, I'm, mm. I'm terrified now that i'm gonna feel that male man or woman's hand <laughs> and just like hold hands with them for a minute and then Touching like hands. take my burger king coupons from them 
<laughs> but that, that's a great tip. I'm, I'm going to try this because, yeah, I'm like you. I don't need any of that junk mail. I do appreciate getting the Canadian Tire flyers around Christmas time, though. Mm, uh, that, mm. That's a big hobby of mine. I like getting those uh, in December because they got such cool stuff at Christmas time at Canadian Tire here in Canada. But for the rest of the year, I really don't need those uh, those flyers for Loblaws and Shoppers Drug Mart and Burger King and uh, Two for One Pizza and all this. It, it's really strange to me that the, that the mailmen don't know that most people throw them out. Like, is he new to mail? <laughs> <laughs> He's new in the mail scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, mail carriers, uh, it, it's an interesting, it's interesting. Uh, Newman, you know, of course, mm, and, of course. And that's what I thought of. As soon as he said that, I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking of the Seinfeld episode where uh, uh, Kramer puts bricks yes. in front of his <laughs> mail door. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I would have done that, and I never really got around to but getting the mortar, putting the bricks down. Right. So the sticker seems to suffice for now. Well, Mike, if you ever need bricks, just remember the building is made of brick. Damn it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's right. I got to get on that. That's a great episode of Seinfeld anyway. <laughs> Deborah, go take your three-hour break. But Mike, while we're on our three-hour breaks at work, just a couple weeks ago, we got uh, some new Mario Kart tracks, which has been a ton of fun. I believe this is wave four of the new Mario Kart tracks, which is cool. We finally got some Double Dash love in this game. Return of Birdo, of course, classic character yes. Birdo. Got some really nice new stages. Yoshi's Island is a personal new favorite of mine. Love the new tracks. Uh, really impressed with this one, actually. This might be my favorite wave. I honestly can't really remember what each wave is anymore. Uh, it's all starting yeah, to blur yeah. together. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is slowly becoming the ultimate Mario Kart experience. But something very interesting about the new wave was that uh, there's five additional character slots. I believe we still have five unannounced characters at the time of recording this, at least. We just got Birdo, so I kind of wanted to maybe do a little bit of a prediction, and let's see hmm. what the new characters are as uh, as time will tell eventually, but maybe you and I can predict the five characters that we think they will be. So uh, I can hit it off with uh, the five characters that I think that, or I hope that we will see in the future in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, mm -hmm. starting with Rob the Robot. Now, Rob the Robot was, of course, in the DS Mario Kart game. Uh, and we haven't seen him since, as far oh, as I yeah. know. He was, yeah, he was just in that one game. He wasn't in Wii, he wasn't in no. 3DS, and he wasn't in uh, Wii U. So I I'd love to see him come back. That. Oh, man, he was so much fun to play as. He's such a cool character, but he's only in Smash. So I uh, would love to did see that, him come back. Yeah. Did the, And like, I'm wondering now, did that get re released right when Smash Brawl got released? Is that maybe why he was included? Like, that's the only thing I can think of, where it was like, hey, Rob is now in Brawl. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play him in Mario Kart 2? Like, I, I think they, they would have been released at least very close, maybe mm -hmm. um, 2006, 2007, kind of 2008 yep. era. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's um, that's crazy. Yeah, Rob would be a great pick. I would love Rob the Robot to come back. back absolutely. Uh, PD Piranha. Pretty sure PD Piranha is not playable yet. I know he's playable in, uh, in Smash Bros, of course. Really cool. Would like to see him in there. I think it would be funny to have him because you have that power up where you're given a Piranha Plant. So... I would like to see what they would do, giving a piranha plant to a piranha plant as a power-up. I think that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, bringing it back to uh, our episode last week with Luigi's Mansion, would love to see Professor E. Gad. Let's see what he can do. Like, let's see him on a cart. I would love to see what they could make in terms of a custom cart for E. Gad, because he can, you know, he's an inventor, so he would make a really cool cart, bike, um, a different kind of glider and everything. I think he would be a lot of fun to be in there. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Pikmin, so I'd love to see Olimar in there. I feel like if they were to bring in another character from another Nintendo universe, uh, Kirby makes sense, but I think Pikmin also makes a lot of sense. I, I thought about maybe throwing in something like Samus or Fox, but I, for some reason, the sci-fi aesthetic of those two franchises didn't make a lot of sense. I thought Pikmin uh, would be really cool. Like maybe he, mm -hmm. his, his ship could be made of Pikmin or, or like one of those, you know, frog things from one of the planets. Like his, 
his ship is actually yeah. like powered by some uh by, by some organic life form i think that would be really cool and last but not least my fifth character i would love to see come back all the way from back in the n64 days need to see lanky kong on the track again with the donkey kong family it's been too long since we've seen lanky this kong has a funny face we love lanky <laughs> kong that would be a great a great addition. Mm. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we really haven't gotten like any Lanky Kong content, which is just a crying shame. It's uh, really sad to see. It's a crime. It's an absolute crime. Nintendo needs to get back out there with Lanky Kong, absolutely. But what are your five characters, Mike? Who do you want to see on the tracks in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? Well, number one has got to be Wiggler. You know, that's uh, mm. that's that's my number one pick. Although I know there is a Wiggler in one of the new stages and i forget which one it is on one of the the courses and i was like "Ooh, wiggler's here and yep. um and so he would hit himself maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah so that, again a kind of a pd piranha style thing there where he also exists in the world um that would be interesting how they would handle that just love wiggler from mario tennis of course sure. uh number two dixie kong because dixie kong also is like Don- lanky kong where she does not get enough love at all and she's a great character yeah and um uh, there were so many rumors of her being in Smash for a while there too. So, who knows? She could uh, she could appear here instead. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Egad also was on my list because of Luigi's Mansion last week. Nice. Got to talk about Egad and and the fact that he doesn't get enough love too. And I feel like he could have really really cool cars. Uh, Definitely. They could be like really interesting. Like uh, they could make a lot of the cool sounds, and he could do the suku suku every time he like, looks back. <laughs> uh, and. Who else do I have here? Uh, Game & Watch. Yeah, I was oh. thinking maybe Game & Watch. Uh, because why not, really? Uh, uh, Nintendo seems to, as of recently, really loving going back to like their super old stuff. And I think Game & Watch could be a cool character for... Uh, for including into Mario Kart in some way. I know he's 2D, so they'd have to figure out like what his back of his head would look like <laughs> while you're turning. But uh, that would just be kind of a neat one. And uh, last but not least, uh, another Kong, Funky Kong, because we had Funky Kong content in Mario Kart mm-hmm. Wii. So yep. that seems like the closest one, and we've recently gotten Funky Kong with the Funky Edition of Tropical Freeze. So he nice. seems to be the Kong that has the most, you know, the most push behind him. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd like some more Kong. I need. I we need a Donkey Kong game, really. Like even King K. Yeah, Rule yes. in, in uh, Mario Kart would be really cool. Um, but I do like the idea of Game and Watch being in there. I especially like the idea of what Nintendo could do with a Game and Watch style track. Yes, like making that's it. What I was thinking. Yeah, like making it in that. Not even eight bit. I don't even know what to call the graphical style of a Game and Watch uh, <laughs> game, but just that black and white, really chibi, really, really primary video game graphics like what could they do with this i think that would be a lot of fun so great list i'm excited to see where this all goes uh with our predictions and everything i'm really enjoying the mario kart 8 uh content i'm really fine not having a mario kart 9 at this point honestly this is basically what it is it's a service now it's a service game which is really cool and speaking of the nintendo online service i just wanted to say one thing that i'd like to see as an improvement on it really quick Mm. topic here i was going through the nes and the snes and now the game boy and game boy advance games on there and i was really just thinking it would be kind of cool to have two options on there one of them would be the option to hide games 
Like the, the games that yeah. I don't ever plan on playing, you know, like I don't need to see golf or I don't need to see random baseball or random boxing games anymore. Like I would like the, and then just toggle, like if you're playing with somebody else, be like, here's all the games. And then you press Y and then they all show up. That way you kind of have like your own personalized shelf of NES games, of SNES games and Game Boy Advance games. I would really love that. Like I don't need to see certain games anymore. And then the ability, to, we've talked about this a billion times, but the ability to mark a game once you've beaten it like a medal mm-hmm. or something like it doesn't have to be automatic. It would be cool if it was, but just kind of like, so you could have your little checklist, like you can have your Metroid and your Zelda and your Mario game. And they have like the gold medal on them to show you beat this one. And now you can move on to the next one. I just wish that there was a little bit more personalization on them. Cause the splash screen is starting to look a little bit old for me. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to take it a step further, I would love to see just all the games all the online games that you can play on a Nintendo service combined oh, yeah. into one view where it's just like, of course, that's where you definitely really want hiding. Um, but yeah. just having your your favorites. It's just like, these are the games, like here's a couple of Game Boy Advance games, a couple of SNES games, N64. Like these are the main games I want to play. I, I just go into that library and there's like the five games that I want and boom, mm-hmm. I can start. And then yeah. there could be like a backlog or like, I don't know, do some kind of screen where it's like, these are games that you haven't favorited. Do you want mm-hmm. to check these out? No. <laughs> <laughs> like the Netflix yeah. approach. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But but also not yeah. having to jump between like the NES, SNES, N64 kind of portal. Like, yeah, doing away with that would be much cooler. But I think that's more of a next console thing. I doubt the Switch will do that. But anyway. Yep. Just us griping over here about uh, about uh, Nintendo. And, you know, we're always going to review it in some ways. And we're always going to see if Nintendo listens to this and takes mm-hmm. their ideas. But, uh, <laughs> Neil, uh, moving on, uh, Last of Us, of course, a non-Nintendo video game, surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> came out 2013. And, of course, they had their amazing uh, series that came out on HBO, just finished a couple weeks ago. And... Yeah, I watched it. I know you watched it too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Easily the best video game adaption, adaptation mm-hmm. that's been ever been made. I mean, again, very, <laughs> very low bar. I know. I mean, Sonic was probably the best video game adaptation <laughs> ever at this point. So, mm-hmm. and that was a very just okay, good enough movie. So uh, it was really cool to see something like Last of Us turn into a, a, an amazing, uh, amazing TV show that that really made a lot of great decisions along the way in terms of taking the best parts of the video game and then taking parts of the video game that really wouldn't work well on TV and mm-hmm. making it into something completely original. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it every week with uh, with my fiance, who originally wasn't planning on watching it because she is not into zombies. She gets scared by those shows and doesn't like the violence of them. But we watched the first episode, and within the first five minutes, which is basically shot for shot the same as the game, but they show a little bit more of the day the outbreak happens, obviously, but it turns into basically a shot for shot remake of the game, which is really cool. She was hooked within about five or ten minutes and then watched every all nine episodes after that with me every Sunday night. Um, and every week looking forward to what was going to happen next. I love how they all ended for the most part on really interesting cliffhangers. Uh, actors I thought were all really good. Um, love Pedro Pascal in everything I've seen him in. He was a great Joel, which is really neat because it's fun to watch him interview and say like he had never played the game or even even heard of it until he got the role. Uh, so he was really going in blind, and I thought he was a really good Joel. Uh, Bella Ramsey, she, I didn't, I didn't love her as Ellie right away. I was one of those people that needed some convincing, and I thought by the end of the series she was pretty good as 
as Ellie. Um, I don't know who I would cast as Ellie, honestly, at this point. So it's hard with... I say child actors, but I think she's like 19. So they've already said they're going to age her up and put her in uh, part two, which isn't that hard because she's already the age that Ellie is uh, is supposed to be in part two. So that's not too bad. Um, a few episodes were kind of a bit of a lull for me. Um, like I don't really remember what happened super much. Like in the, the, the mall episode, for some reason, I didn't love that one. I don't know why. I know that was the one based on the DLC, which I played. Um, something mm-hmm. about that one, it just, I, I guess maybe because there weren't any adults in it. <laughs> I thought it that- It felt like a DLC. It, that, that, yeah. it was, that was that was funny in my mind too. It felt like, it was like, oh, this is this is the DLC. Like mm-hmm. this is like the extra content, you know? Yeah. And because they went basically shot for shot for that one as well. Yeah. That one I think could have probably used a bit more of a, a Bill episode treatment, mm. you know, where they, they, they kind of uh, expand on the story and kind of abandon the, the actual gameplay- aspects if you know what i mean um i think that's what that could have helped uh with as well yeah and maybe show them changing a little bit more like showing ellie's friend this is complete spoilers i suppose but showing ellie's friend changing and then she doesn't since she's immune like maybe like they they did cut that episode out a little too early i felt even though it was too it was already longer than i think a lot of the other ones i believe i'm trying to remember the runtime now they were all different but uh yeah that one is probably unfortunately my least favorite episode which is still like really good tv like yes, all these yeah, episodes yeah. were incredible uh most of them were filmed i think completely in alberta canada which is really mm-hmm. cool so it was fun the outdoor scenes trying to pick out if if we had been there you know is this jasper is this Banff? I don't know exactly where everything was, but um, Canmore, a lot of Canmore. Yeah, 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 a lot of that for sure. Uh, and then the Frank and Bill episode was definitely the highlight. That was the peak of the series. I love that episode so much. Uh, I'm sure it's going to win awards this show. Um, I love the practical effects. I'm hoping season two. I don't care if it honestly follows the, the plot of part two, the game, all that much. I love part two. I think it's an incredible game, but I would love the show to kind of go off and tell different stories and uh, maybe some side stuff that we didn't see in the games. And uh, I would like to see a bit more. Uh, clicker action in the in the next game we didn't get or in the next season uh we got to see a few uh especially in that one episode where there was the flood of them uh but outside of that there was only maybe what five you only see maybe yeah. five clickers in the entire season so i'd like to see a little bit more uh zombie action in the next uh next season but uh i think the, i think we're going to be waiting probably two years for that so who knows where we'll be in that time maybe we'll have a third game by then <laughs> yeah yeah well uh hopefully not honestly i, I want that <laughs> oh, to, we'll see I, I it was like the best ending you could ever have so i i, I agree they could have another game it could be like in between one and two or something mm-hmm. uh I, I i just don't want anything after two because it's no uh, not with perfect. ellie i would love to see maybe a last of us with it like i said a different tell a different story like i don't need to see the same group of people in middle america anymore like show me something else but Neil, capitalism. <laughs> capitalism <laughs> makes the world turn, Mike. And speaking of capitalism, before we start off in the episode, we do want to thank everybody who has reviewed us on Spotify. This includes the GameCube Cool podcast, of course. We just hit 100 ratings on Spotify, which is pretty good compared to uh, compared to where we were a few years ago, I suppose. We're sitting at a, a 4.8. And uh, there's a new feature now on Spotify where you can comment on episodes now, which is uh, pretty cool. So if you want to be featured in our mailbag segment, I guess we need to start uh, checking the comment section on Spotify. Yeah, it's something that Spotify just launched recently. I don't know how well it works. I don't know if anyone's using it. It exists. Mm -hmm. If you want to drop a comment that way, instead of messaging us or whatever, you can do that. But you can also DM us. We're we're, we're down for everything. We, we, We love hearing about how people find the show and... And we also like hearing when you don't like us. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
We typically laugh about you if you tell us you don't like the show, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you have a good reason, but, it, uh, yeah, but anyways. Keep it constructive. Keep it constructive, obviously. Yeah, no, it, constru- constructive criticism is good. Obviously, we love the positive reviews, but we do want to know how to make the show better so we can find a bigger audience and uh, bring on more friends to talk about some classic albums, movies, and video games from back in the day, Mike. Just like Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is the topic of today. So I think it's about time that we get started on today's episode. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all the things retro that we loved from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people named Mike and Neil. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit a topic for our monthly Patreon elected episode, and all patrons get the show ad free. Last week, we revisited Luigi's Mansion on GameCube with friends of the show Toonie Twirls and and Ramon. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about a game that Mike and I, and I'm sure pretty much anybody who's ever played a PC, loved <laughs> back in the late 90s, early 2000s, a game that pioneered the tycoon and sim craze of the early 2000s with a really fun concept that Mike and I both love, which is amusement parks. We're, of course, talking about the 1999 classic game on PC, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mike, what are your first memories of experiencing Roller Coaster Tycoon? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I think like a lot of people around our age growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, I got Roller Coaster Tycoon in a cereal box. (laughs) uh, For those who don't know, uh, a lot of cereal boxes, I think it was mostly General Mills uh, Mm -hmm. cereals that that had it. But a lot of General Mills cereals had a pack in uh, DVD, sometimes CD-ROM, uh, and that was just kind of like the prize that you would have in the cereal box. Long, long line and long history of cereal boxes having prizes also. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a very new thing, you know, in like the 80s, 70s, before that, uh, a lot of cereal boxes had actual little toys that you could assemble, almost like Kinder Surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I guess they kept going in the, the 90s and were like, hey, digital stuff, why don't we put games and movies on because of course there were also movies in those cereal boxes too neil like mm-hmm. uh things like cobbler and the thief like these like more b-tier animated movies that seem to be be included on there titan ae i remember mm-hmm. getting uh on DVD. I, got, I got the mask on dvd with jim carrey the mask yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah i completely forgot that was in there too so <laughs> yeah. a lot of those kind of movies and the mask i think was released like years before that too so oh, yeah <laughs> it was it was kind of funny uh it seemed like a lot of early 90s movies but like mm-hmm. being on these uh cereal boxes in the late 90s but anyways yeah roller coaster tycoon and i think tycoon 2 I both got uh, in a cereal box, so I played that when I was probably six or seven years old when it kind of first came out, and immediately fell in love with it. I I loved the uh, idea of these kind of creator games and these tycoon-style games. I had never really played them before, but I had seen things like StarCraft uh, and uh, Age of Empires mm-hmm. uh, get played by my dad's friend who was really into those kind of PC games. And Age of Empires especially, I was really interested in. And that looked some like something that was really cool. I didn't really know what an RTS was, of course, at the time. And I was like, whoa, that's neat. And then this tycoon game coming out, um, I think it was perfect for a kid because Age of Empires is pretty crazy for a, a child to play. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon with roller coasters and theme parks and fun music and nice graphics. And it's a very kind of child-friendly entry into an RTS. And also the fact that it's an incredibly intuitive game to play, too. Mm-hmm. So th- my first memories are going downstairs 
on my PC, uh, putting in the CD-ROM and playing it for hours and hours and hours because uh, it just it's obviously so addictive. <laughs> I love that. And everybody has this game tied to a serial story, which I think is hilarious. That's how we got Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. I feel like I'm the only person I've ever met who got Roller Coaster Tycoon in a in a PC game box. Like my parents bought it for me for Christmas, uh, Christmas nice. of 2000. I got it the way video games originally were were uh, established. I eventually did get I think we got another copy of Tycoon, Tycoon 2 and then a bunch of other incredible cereal box games. If you're listening to this, you probably have some memory of a cereal box game from back in the day, uh, like The Game of Life and Battleship and just so many other cool Hasbro board games, but no, we got this uh, we got Roller Coaster Tycoon Christmas of 2000. Uh, maybe about a year after we got our our home PC, uh, and the first couple games we had on that were mostly educational games. Like I don't know where, yeah. I don't know how we got this small stack of uh, random games that teach you about patterns and colors and animals, <laughs> and they weren't very fun. Like they were, it was cool, but it wasn't as cool as playing N sixty four or Super Nintendo. So I didn't really catch on to playing on my PC until about a year later when I got this one, and as soon as we downloaded it, instantly fell in love with it right off the bat. Like I think me and my cousin who stayed over for a few nights, we basically treated it like it was a job. Like we literally got up at maybe this is on Christmas break, mind you. We were getting up at like <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning, like before the sun was even up, to get up and and build some coasters and and build our park and try and maximize our profits and everything. It was a really, really a game that was just so ahead of its time and and taught us we were seven years old, six years old at the time teaching us about like man like time management, money management and working with people and and balancing like marketing and balancing your profits and loss margins and <laughs> yep, and trying yep. to figure out uh, what's popular and what to de- what to demolish in order to to build the best park. It was really ahead of its time in terms of just being a management sim, like operating your own business, which obviously at the age of 7, we had no concept of making money because we had none at the time. So this was really uh I guess filling that void in our lives too, but also just putting myself back in the sh- the shoes of 7-year-old Neil. I loved amusement parks from as long as I can remember. I have memories of being four years old and my parents taking us to smaller festivals here in, in Toronto back in the day. Like every so often you'd see a parking lot that had, you know, a, a crappy Ferris wheel and a little roller coaster and a, a tilt-a-whirl <laughs> there. Uh, you know, it was all put together in like 10 minutes and then set up for the weekend and then gone. My parents took us to all of those as kids and like that was just the highlight of like the summer sometimes just going to those things and then eventually one one summer or one day of out of the summer they'd sometimes take us to canada's wonderland which is an incredible amusement park that mike and i both have here in toronto but that was a a once a year thing if we were lucky until way later when we had cars and adult money now we can go multiple times a year but this game was was basically that fantasy of being able to visit and build my own amusement park every day before and after school and like it just took what i love so much about my childhood which was roller coasters and rides and put that on our pc and this was one of the first games on pc that i got really addicted to because up until that point like i said i only had the educational games and maybe diablo at my uncle's house or something like that (laughs) and to this day that i still have the same disc that i got in 2000 and i bought it uh, more recently around christmas time on steam for like five bucks and already in the last uh couple months me and my fiance combined have like 50 hours on it or something like that it's just it's so addictive i think this will definitely be a game that that i play for my entire life and show it to my kids and just pick it up and play from time to time go away from it and go back to it because it's just it's just muscle memory at this point 
It's crazy how it is so easy to go back to, and there's like kind of a feel. Like sometimes I'm just like at work, I'm like, you know what? I'd be down to play some Roller Coaster Tycoon right now. Oh, I see you like and midday, workday playing it. It's like it's two o'clock on a Wednesday, Mike. What are you doing? I got got a research for the podcast, sure. of course. But yeah, uh, in in like 2010, 2009, like when when I was in high school, one of our business classes actually they had a uh, an assignment which was to play Roller Coaster Tycoon mm-hmm. at school. And it it was all about what you said before with like just learning about how to manage money, how to manage property, how to uh, actually figure out your loans and everything and all that kind of stuff. And because there is so much stuff going on there in Roller Coaster Tycoon, it was actually a really great tool to learn and to just learn basic like money, like um, yeah. uh, 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 finance, uh, just finance knowledge, really. And um, I remember playing that and I probably hadn't played Roller Coaster Tycoon in years at that point. Uh, and playing that in business class, I was like, "Oh my god, this! I love Roller Coaster Tycoon. I forgot about this." And <laughs> and like learning, I learned a lot more about the game because I had to go much more in depth into the the finance part of it, mm-hmm. and that was really really cool. Something like uh, uh, like with the loans and everything, and and how some parks allow you to take out loans, some don't. You always start with a ten thousand dollar loan, yeah. And um, and like from now, I'm always trying to pay off the loan. When I play, mm-hmm. that's one of my goals. But, I try and make sure it's all gone. But as a kid, you never paid it back. No, no, of course not. As a kid, I maxed <laughs> right, it out. Exactly. It was like twenty thousand all the time. I, yeah. I asked for more money. So it's right. it's funny how like uh, like business class kind of made me be like, oh, I I I got to make sure I pay off that loan. And then uh, <laughs> I I played it for, you know on and off. And then in twenty eighteen, I dislocated my shoulder, mm. and I was you know kind of out for a couple weeks, and uh, couldn't really could only use one arm. And I couldn't play a lot of video games because of that. But one game I could, of course, play was Roller Coaster Tycoon because all you need is one hand right. to play that game. All you need is a mouse and then sometimes a keyboard to type things. But uh, mostly just using your mouse and moving around. And yeah, I, I stacked up like a lot of hours in those weeks playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, trying to beat as many really of the really hard parks as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, that was fun. That was that was one you like. You stare at that isometric screen so long, and then you like look at your phone or something. You're like, "Oh my god, this is so weird." Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever get that, Neil, but if you're like playing for too long, your eyes kind of go all weird for a second. It takes the time to adjust. Yeah, it's kind of like doing a puzzle for a long time, and you start to get like yeah. puzzle vision, where you can see like it looks like everything is made of puzzle pieces. I definitely get that with Tycoon with the the grids, yeah. and you're looking at everything on an offset isometric view, so it has the appearance of being 3D, even though it's not. Uh, which is very clever uh, with the development, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I, I, we are going to have some callers come on too. I want to talk to you, Mike, about how you play this game because I feel like uh, yes. you can tell a lot about a person by how they play it, their favorite rides, the rides that they don't build, the ones that they do, uh, what they charge for things, what you don't charge. But before we get into that, of course, we need to do our regular thing here and introduce the game proper. So, Roller Coaster Tycoon was released on March 22nd, 1999. It was re-released in 2001, 2002, and 2014 in various collections, developed by the legendary developer Chris Sawyer, all by himself, published by Hasbro Games. It's also on Xbox, which was not very well received. Uh, this game has a 10 out of 10. I didn't even bother checking Metacritic because any anything <laughs> less than that, and I do not accept. Um, <laughs> the price of this game, it's really hard to tell what the price of this game is. These days on Steam, it, it can be on sale for less than 5 bucks. 
Um, for the disc and everything in box, I'm not 100% sure what you're looking at paying for, but don't be an idiot. If you don't have this game, find a way to buy it. You need to have this on your computer. It's an amusement park management and construction sim, and as of today, it has sold well over 6 million copies and counting. Uh, people still buying it to this day on Steam. Can't wait to talk about some of the reviews of that a little bit later, but... Mike, before we have our callers come on, I do want to talk to you about some of the uh, the random things about this game, like how we build and how you attack a park. So when you first open up a new park, you know, you got your hmm. your fresh slate, you got some trees that you're about to demolish, obviously. What are some of the early rides that you build? Perfect. I was ready for this question. Good. I was, <laughs> I was thinking all day about how my process goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, of course, I sit down at the desk, uh, yep. get my tea out, mm-hmm. you know, get ready for a long haul. You know, I'm looking at, you know, it's going to be a couple hours, right? So I got to get comfortable. And um, I I start off always with building the merry-go-round because that's my uh, my favorite ride to build first because of, it's not, it's just nice music. Yep. I like having, I don't like playing the game when there's no music. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. It's like almost unsettling. So I like having the merry-go-round uh, music to kind of just uh, uh, you know, cheer me up. I feel good and I feel I feel confident mm-hmm. building everything else. Uh, and then, you know, open the park up and start making some paths, uh, start building your benches, a, a couple of uh, trash cans where you can, benches everywhere for me. I try and put benches almost at, at every corner, every every pathway just because it's good to have uh, people sitting down people don't like standing up too long right and uh because they'll be like oh it's too crowded here so you want to make sure you have a lot of benches mm-hmm. uh after that then of course i'm hiring my handyman i usually kind of do the ratio of of two handymen for every uh every mechanic that i have okay so if i have five mechanics i'll have 10 handymen uh, but of course, I usually just kind of start with one and then just keep growing as I get another hundred or so guests mm-hmm. um, because they sweep up all that puke. And that's important. <laughs> and also, I make sure to immediately may, uh, put that uh, the handymen do not mow the lawn. I was going to ask I you about that. that. That's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate that that's a default thing. Like, please don't mow this lawn. Right. <laughs> this is useless. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll make it so they just um, sweep pathways. Same with mechanics. Sometimes I'll do it so... Some mechanics just fix rides, and other ones fix and inspect. Yeah, and then, uh, and then after that, I start uh, putting research, putting money towards research. So four hundred dollars uh, is the maximum amount of money per month that you can put towards uh, researching new rides and new shops. It defaults you to two hundred. Make sure that is not two hundred. Make sure that's four hundred right away, yep. so you can get some more cool stuff coming in. And of course, uncheck scenery and ride improvements because you do not need those. Uh, you're really looking for thrill rides, a couple more gentle rides, and depending on what you already have loaded, uh, shops and stalls. I do love that every uh, every world or every course or whatever you want to call it, every level that you play has different uh, coasters and rides and shops loaded already. Mm-hmm. So that's not always the same, like 10 or 20. Uh, and makes you kind of work a little bit harder in terms of of how to strategize your research and then yeah after that then i start just building these uh building as much as i can on my ten thousand dollars that i start with i usually run out of that pretty quickly and sometimes i'll go for a loan but um uh, or more of a loan i should say but i try and you know go down to zero and 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 uh, get some money back and i'll i'll usually like leave the game for a little bit i'll like go and and get up and, and make something neat. Make a or sandwich, and come yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then, yeah, just just keep it going and see whatever goal I'm trying to get. I know most goals are basically try and finish uh, or have as many guests as you can and a good park rating within two or three years. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are 
a couple of really hard ones that I've been playing recently that are like make certain coasters have certain excitement ratings and stuff like that. And that's really hard to do. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, that's, that's my strategy, Neil. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's very similar to how I play now. I'm going to, I'm going to tell two, I guess, versions the the kid, Neil, how seven-year-old Neil played the game. <laughs> oh, then, I don't know how kid Mike oh, played. Oh my God. I can God. tell you exactly. I played hundreds of hours <laughs> Killing in this game. People. Oh, basically. So uh, kid Neil, first of all, day one that I bought this game or bought this game, day one that I received this game as a gift, we didn't understand. It took us maybe 20 minutes to realize you need to build entrances and exits to the rides. <laughs> I have a very specific yeah. memory of having, you know, you get like 50 people in the in the in the park and none of the rides are going and we're like why aren't they like the the, the paths are going up to the ride why aren't they going on them and then like we you know of somehow this is long before YouTube and we didn't even have we might have had dial up internet so we didn't have the ability to go on Google and uh figure it out and eventually you know we we we'd find that little construction button and then oh wait you need to build an entrance and an exit and then you know we'd also only use the blue and the white, uh, the the lineup uh, path. We'd only yep, use yeah. that that path for the entire park. <laughs> Everywhere. So That's people really had funny. no choice. We're like, why can't we let people go in different directions? And then you realized, oh, we need to build. We were really stupid. You need to build the the gray path so that people can go. You know, you can crisscross and and you know zigzag and everything else. And that's mm-hmm. that's how we learned how to do that. And from there, once we figured out those two things. That's pretty much when the game opened up, I think, uh, to us being able to do everything. We eventually learned how to excavate, which I didn't know how to do for a while. Uh, raising and lowering the land, of course, was very important. So but, expensive. Oh, my God. It's stupid expensive. That's one of my issues yeah. with the game is just the difference in price for certain things. How? Yeah. Uh, anyway, we can talk about that later. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, Kid Neil, I would also almost never build the preset coasters. I would always build my own from scratch. Good for you. That's uh, a kid Neil would, you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not now, but for the most yeah, part. Yeah, okay. unless, it's part no, no, no. unless it's part of the uh, part of the um, the objectives where you need to build, you know, a certain number of coasters and you need to have them be a certain uh, rating, uh, intense rating. But no, like as a, as a kid, because when this game came out, there was a there was a trailer on TV that I loved seeing. And it was a, a guy on his PC playing Roller Coaster Tycoon and people coming into his house basically giving him feedback on the coasters that he built. So in my mind, I was like, you need to build your own coasters in this game. I'm not going to use the preset ones. And yeah. it, it was so disheartening because I'd build these things. I put a lot of time and money into it and effort, you know, changing the the land and, and building trees around it. And then no one would go on them like because oh. they would just, I guess, suck. But I would try and make them I would try <laughs> and make them look like the coasters that I went on at the parks and at Wonderland and at the X and stuff. I tried to recreate them at times. It didn't end up super well, uh, and then no one would go on them, and I would make no money, and then I'd have to demolish them and build uh, build one of the preset ones anyway, and that's how I learned how to do that. But I would also, like you said, max out the loan, take out ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, never pay it back, and then not understand why my park has such a, like, a terrible value by the end of it because I'm just in crippling debt, <laughs> uh, which I didn't understand at the time that you needed to pay back loans because why would you? I just remember somebody on yeah. the schoolyard telling me, dude, just max out. You can borrow all, you can, you can have yeah, all of this. It was too. not borrow. It was, you can have all this have. money. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's weird. And I would do that and I would never market. I didn't know that that was a thing as a kid. I didn't know that you could run ad campaigns for rides or the park or give coupons for food and free entry tickets. I had no idea any of that was there. I just knew that you could build rides and drown people. And that's also what Kid Neil did a lot was I killed so many 
so many uh, attendees of my park. Like, I got very creative at it. You know, exits with no ramp that would just, they'd just fall right out of a ride into the pond and drown. Yep. A lot of that. I would would build uh, the loop-de-loop ride that would just shoot people into the sky. (laughs) <laughs> you know, turn up the speed on rides so that they all coll- they all uh, collide with each other and everything. So a lot of that, a lot of Neil just going, completing mass genocide and um, and not hiring any mechanics. Like I'd have one that would be basically be handing, handling everything and I'd have way yeah. too many uh, guys sweeping up vomit because I thought that just watching them sweep vomit was very entertaining. And I would have, yes, I would have no security guards because they're a waste of money. Uh, and maybe hire one entertainer that I would eventually also kill. So <laughs> I never like killing the staff. I always felt oh, bad. No, no, as a you, kid. you gotta, you gotta, uh, I, I, I killed, I killed obviously many, many attendees in the, the <laughs> killing them through the exits. That was my favorite thing to do. Although then, then these rides would break down and then the mechanics couldn't go to fix it. So that was always a problem. Um, I think, yeah, I, most of my ways I would kill people were, were doing the shuttle loop going really fast, sure. uh, doing the, it's like the drop zone ride, you know, that one that's going up and down really fast, yep. uh, that one, and you can just, like, just a little bit higher that you can put the speed at, mm-hmm. and boom, it just flies off and, and kills everyone. Yep. And all you have to do is just double-click, uh, shut down the ride, mm-hmm. and reopen it, and everyone just goes back on like nothing happened. Yeah, exactly. People forget about their, their dying uh, friends very quickly in this game, which is <laughs> awesome. It, it does help, for sure, but uh, I do have a memory of uh, the entertainers. You can dress them up as uh, an elephant, a tiger, and a panda. And I would yes. I would name the elephant Babar and then drown him because then I can <laughs> killing the classic elephant cartoon. Good, um, good. But adult Neil plays the game quite a bit more. Uh, I have quite a bit more of a deliberate sense of what I'm doing when I start up a new park. So uh, I try not to take out too big of a loan anymore unless I absolutely need it. And I'm at a part usually halfway through when I'm making thousands of dollars a day and I can pay it back almost right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like you, I'm the same kind of a situation where I try and build a few easy rides. Typically those are cheap and they make a lot of money and they add some atmosphere to the park. Like you said, the merry-go-round is good. Ferris wheel is okay. I love the old fashioned car ride. Um, I like that oh, yeah. ride. That's a popular one. Uh, yep. I, I try to build that one right away. It's almost popular the entire time. I find that a lot of the early rides that you get in the game later on, they lose their popularity and I can never figure out how to keep people going on the Ferris wheel without making it free. So I would eventually just delete them. Uh, I still do that. I delete the older rides eventually. Yeah. Uh, I'll do that too. Like, yeah. like Ferris wheel haunted house is always one that, yeah. that uh, is like good at first, but no one goes on it. Uh, slide is one mm. that. Uh, only like not recently, but maybe the 2018 version of me playing Roller Coaster Tycoon learned that you can up the number of people on a slide yep. to five instead of the, the the normal two. Same with the maze. Mm-hmm. The maze starts off at four. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, and you can put it up to 16, and it's like, oh my god, why wouldn't I just do this? Why is this not the default? I know exactly. Yeah, I, I started to toggle with that too. Kid Neil did not know that was a thing, but Adult Neil, yeah, I try and up that. You can also change the number of ro- uh, times people can go down the slide. Like, you can give them yep. a limit, which I didn't know as a kid. Also, Kid Neil, uh, he would make the lineups way too long because oh, yeah. that's what I knew amusement parks to be. You wait an hour and a half to go on uh, this random <laughs> roller coaster. But now I try and keep the lines at a pretty brisk or tight you know, length if I can. Uh, back mm-hmm. in the day, I would make the craziest zigzags. Honestly, dude, it was insane. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then as the, the, the park progresses, I love putting in, like you said, all of the R&D into the uh, roller coasters, of course, and the uh, extreme rides and the gentle rides. I try and build as many rides as possible. And then with uh, food and bathrooms, I try and keep those to a minimum unless people start to complain that they're getting hungry. I also spend a lot more time as an adult looking at what people are thinking, trying to make the park as popular as possible. 
and uh, yep. and go from there. That's kind of what I do, uh, taking in the, pop, the popular opinion to uh, to make my park. And there's some rides that I just every time I build a park, I have to build. Uh, I have to build like I have to build a log fume on log flume on every park that ride does so well and i need to build a you said it but shuttle loop for some reason yes you uh you of course have to construct it to go higher and faster but uh always build that ride it's popular the entire time it's like an insane cash cow there are some rides that just playing this game now for god 23 24 years i just know like they do well and some do well and some don't i'm sure that there are some ways to make like the haunted house more popular than it is but i haven't for some reason, I haven't figured out how to do that. Um, but uh, anyway, that's that's pretty much how I how I play the game today. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, hiring lots of handymen and lots of mechanics to, like you said, organizing the ha- the mechanics to some inspect and some fix and um, and security guards too to to stop the vandalism. So I'm way better now at managing staff uh, than I was as a as a kid, keeping the park looking nice. But one thing that I still don't do, even as an adult, is I don't make the park look pretty. Like I hate having too many trees. I de- I demolish all the trees as quickly as I can. In, uh, in these games. I would like to get better at, you know, finessing the park to look pretty, but I feel like that they do better in uh, in the sequels, Tycoon 2 and 3, which we'll talk a little bit about those games today. Not quite as much. This is mainly about Roller Coaster Tycoon 1, of course, but that's how mm-hmm. I that's how I play the game today, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's yeah, basically the same as me. I try and do the scenery as, as like, if I want, like, a certain area to, to have a lot of people, I don't know if it affects them at all, but I do like put, putting some of the, the, the flowers and, and uh, you know, making little hubs. Uh, how I like to, to play is I like to have my couple, like, three or four hubs within the, the park, mm-hmm. um, and each hub has kind of nice little fountains or scenery, but it's mostly for uh, a ver- like variation of different kind of rides, like the gentle thrill rides, maybe water rides mm. as well, and then all the shops, you know, because I usually have three or four uh, copies of, you know, drink, drink stall one and uh, and the pizza hut and, of course, the balloon hut. Gotta love the balloons yeah. uh, because you, then everyone's got a little balloon that they're holding around and I'll change the different colors so it's kind of cool to see which which balloon was bought or like what person has what balloon and where it was bought right uh depending on the colors which is you know that's that's adult mike but yeah um child mike was was mostly just killing people charging ten dollars <laughs> for washrooms of course. of course and like building like hundreds of washrooms everywhere uh yeah not knowing how the land thing worked at all mm-hmm. uh definitely also made some long long entrances and long exits and <laughs> only recently realized that you can make a, a do not enter sign and put that up like that completely changed my life when i finally found that i was like oh my god finally people don't need to go down these long exits oh, that i have yeah. to make sometimes yeah there's little touches like that that you'd completely miss the game is way is as deep or as shallow as you as you want it to be and of course the expansions help with that like we both have roller coaster tycoon deluxe um so that includes all of the uh the various expansions that they released after the game came out which is perfect i love it uh it, it did become the perfect game and chris sawyer followed up with roller coaster tycoon 2 which is an incredible sequel that most people talk very highly about i haven't played tycoon 2 nearly as much as tycoon 1 so i'm excited to to move on to the sequel one day and maybe we can talk about it in depth like we are on this episode but mm-hmm. uh, the series does have four main entries in it that uh we'll be talking about roller coaster tycoon 1 released in 1999 tycoon 2 in 2003 tycoon 3 in 2004 and then roller coaster tycoon world in 2016 
the popular ones being mostly the first three. And then we have eight spin-off games, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3D, Tycoon 4 Mobile, and Tycoon 3 Mobile, Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch, Tycoon Adventures, Tycoon Joyride, and Tycoon Puzzle <laughs> in 2020 being the most recent one. We I have not played any of those game of the spin-offs, uh, so we're not going to be talking about those ones at all today. Um and yeah, and that's uh, those first two are the only ones. The one, two, and classic mm-hmm. uh, are the only real ones uh, part of the series because those are the ones that were made by uh, Chris Sawyer. Um, and three, four, whatever, all the other spinoffs, those have no involvement with him. No. That's all just Atari, I believe, yep. or Infogrames, whoever it was at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically just them. And he was out of it. He basically just got his money and left right. uh, and did, yeah, come back and made make Classic, which he said was actually extremely hard and if not harder than the first games to make <laughs> uh, because he had to kind of pour all the code over and make it so that it could be played on a lot of different consoles and stuff. But um, you know, we're going to talk about Chris Sawyer really in depth later because I, I want to really nerd out on on him sure yeah no absolutely he's an incredible developer i loved reading about his story too but maybe we can try and talk about him uh, with one of our callers today speaking of which we have our first caller joining the show mike i can see the uh, the phone lines are ringing so uh, why don't you introduce our first guest of the show all right joining us today neil our first guest of the show is friend of the show luigi at luigi's apartment of course he's been on many times for the gamecube is cool and we last talked to him when we were talking about uh midway arcade treasures and uh the pinball games on the gamecube the legacy collections and that was a ton of fun talking to him about that and we're going back not as far as some of those williams tables but we are going back to 1999 to talk about roller coaster tycoon one and of course luigi i have to ask you how much did you charge for the bathrooms in your parks what was your standard amount okay so so it's 10 cents across the board unless you were in the uh bad place uh if you had somehow pissed us off enough to get sent to the bad place that bathroom was exorbitant prices now we got to ask, what's the bad place in your park? What uh, what does that consist of? Oh, okay. <laughs> let's let's start out with the heavy hitter. My friend and I would usually create a bad place. It was a platform you couldn't get off of. Nice. Where over the course of playing a park, you know, over the course of like a three year in Roller Coaster Tycoon One, most of them were get to the end of year three and and do well. And so we would eventually just find a guest who complained enough or kept complaining about one thing that just we didn't like and eventually got sent to the bad place. And the bad place was uh, was known as Pandemonium. It was there. It was a bathroom that cost like 50 bucks and nothing but panda mascots just running around waving at this person who was getting progressively more and more sad and had to go to the bathroom worse and worse. And so, yeah. That's the bad place. Hi, I'm Luigi. <laughs> you were on your way to creating Five Nights at Freddy's decades before Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> What's more terrifying than 20 pandas that are very happy to see you? We love that. Yeah, definitely everybody has experimented in Roller Coaster Tycoon with creating some kind of an area of death or of despair and charging for bathrooms. <laughs> so those are like the two things that no one told you to do, but you definitely did it at some point or another. <laughs> I mean, the game almost tells you to do it because... Yes. It has a meter for how sad or upset they are. <laughs> and yeah. so, like, it's something you can track. It's something you can mess with. Oh, their faces are great. They're so good. Like, the uh, obviously, there's kind of the green 
um, like the green puke faces that people have when they really got to throw <laughs> up. Uh, there's like the super red, like angry, like, like honestly kind of scary looking faces uh, when they're just super mm-hmm. upset about something, whether they're too thirsty, whether they are angry that they've been standing in line for like an hour. But uh, I love those those people who they're so angry, but they don't want to leave the park. They're just angry. Right. It's usually right. the people who want to leave the park are like the sad looking ones, like the super tired ones. And they actually have the animation that they are slowly moving across the park. Like uh, stuff like that just mm-hmm. gives it such a charm. And you can see how much money is left. Yeah. In their pockets. Oh, yeah. Those are the people you, you, you check before you kill them. You always <laughs> check. How much money? How much more can I get out of this poor sap? Yeah. (laughs) Have I wrung every bit of resource out of you? Right. I need to milk you for all you brought into this park before you can go home. Therefore, I am also going to demolish the pathway leading out of this park, (laughs) which is another thing everyone did at one point or another. I wonder, you know, I never... No, no. Okay. I was like, could you make a pathway around that only leads back to the entrance? But I don't think so. No. (laughs) What I like to do now is uh, I like to make a do not enter sign on the on the the exit basically so when I need to keep oh, my park okay. at like a certain level of attendees of guests uh, yeah <laughs> and and you know my my park rating does go down because there's just a bunch of people who want to leave the park and they're just going back and forth between the the, the entrance and uh and and other rides <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i can usually keep it at 600 that happens a lot anyway in in rtc1 or rct1 where uh you forget to drop an exit correctly and yep. all of a sudden there's just like ants you have ants in your map like how did you get out here what what are you doing here you should be on the pathway what have i done shut everything down for a second or pause it pause the game uh i love being able to pause the game and just like look at stuff for a while one of the coolest features pausing the game i mean obviously you can't build things while you pause the game uh, you right. can't really do a lot but but it is really helpful sometimes when things are going really astray and you need to just take a breath, uh, go go get something right. to eat. Why am I five grand in debt? <laughs> Why am I five grand in debt? My loan is maxed out. This is not looking good. <laughs> it does kind of feel like, like you're waking up from like a really, tr- not traumatic, but I guess just hyper-focused dream where like you're you're in this amusement park you can hear a billion laughs and screams and and Mm -hmm. and, you know smiles or whatever at one time you see like you know there's roller coasters there's the sound of money being dropped into uh into cash registers there's the sound of washrooms you know flushing toilets and then you just pause and it's just silence it's like (laughs) it's true well i've also found that so so I didn't actually play this game at my own house for years. It was always something other friends had, or we got a pretty sweet, like they called them like, you know, cyber cafes or internet cafes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they, they had all these like custom made PCs. And so my friend and I would ride our bikes there to play roller coaster tycoon. And eventually when I was in high school and I had to write papers and I and I couldn't just do it on the family computer. My dad just handed me down uh, an IBM ThinkPad from like the mid '90s and was like, "You can use the word processor and and like you know this 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 can't get on the internet." So like they were very uh, adamant about uh, being very religious and not letting me on the internet. The internet's an evil place. It still is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Report back, Dad. It still is. So I played it on a like a computer that was way too old for it. 
but because the game is just built so well, it, it ran it, but it ran it at half speed, which is perfect for Roller Coaster Tycoon 1. Yeah. There's so much happening that, like, running it at half speed, I was like, I am not bothered by this at all. I have plenty of time to think about my decisions. Time's not going to run out on me too soon. Um, I do have to use a tiny little nubbin in the middle of the oh, keyboard, I but I can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> I... So I'd stop writing chemistry papers and play some Roller Coaster Tycoon for a minute and then go back to homework. <laughs> I mean, I basically was doing that this week, but with work. <laughs> doing some work, <laughs> playing a little bit of RCT on the side, and then, you know, going back and forth. Those stupid little red knobs on um, on laptops <laughs> in the early 2000s. Oh my god, I hated those things. You get a callus from them eventually. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. They sucked. Who thought that was a good idea? It's terrible yeah. user experience. I, I, IBM. <laughs> IBM. Anyways, I could <laughs> I could have a big, big long rant about that. But that's really cool uh, to kind of hear where you started Roller Coaster Tycoon from. Neil and I, of course, we talked about how we got our start for Roller Coaster Tycoon through cereal boxes. Uh, but you did. I got mine as a gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so you could like send your box tops in or something? Yeah. So in, I'm not sure, you know, like thinking about this right now, uh, me, this could have just been a Canada thing. But uh, uh, for us, at least in Canada, uh, a lot of our General Mills cereals came with uh, packins. And uh, sometimes it was a really crappy DVD. Uh, sometimes it was a weird educational CD-ROM. And other times it was Roller Coaster Tycoon. Huh. And it wasn't it wasn't random. Like you could see you could see the game that you were getting. They kind of cut like a window out of the middle of the cereal box. So you you would be able okay. to know. Okay, this one comes with Roller Coaster Tycoon. This one comes with I don't know if Zoo Tycoon was ever in there, but we, they no. they made they made video game versions of like the Game of Life and uh, Operation and Battleship and other uh, popular board games at the time. But basically, like you'd get them in Lucky Charms or Cheerios, and then that's how a lot of people got these games for for the first time. Roller Coaster Tycoon games, anyway, was was that way. Uh, but I got mine for Christmas. Uh, like an actual PC box and everything. It was a, it was a, it was given to me properly, not from a, from a cereal box. The one thing I remember about those cereal box games is that when you took it out, it absolutely destroyed the box because now there's just this yeah. gaping, this gaping hole in the middle of it. Like you punched a hole in your cereal box, and now you have to deal with this for the next few weeks until you move on to a new box. It wasn't the greatest experience pouring cereal once you got your game out because obviously you got it out way before you finished the cereal. You wanted to play the game right away. Screw the, uh, screw the frosted flakes. <laughs> yeah because like everyone had this game it just seemed yeah yep. like also i guess no one would have known just how this is just it's all pre-rendered kind of like donkey kong country all of the the assets so it just it all looks good it just runs on anything like i wonder if you could right. get you could do the same thing like you do with doom where it's just it's programmed so well it'll just run on your fridge we i should try that it would look awful you wouldn't be able to play it but i should try that it, it's it's one of those things that was weirdly ubiquitous like everyone you know who grew up you know even remotely in the 90s like like has memories of playing it and somehow had it whether it was at a friend's house or whether they actually owned it themselves and you, you mentioned obviously how amazing this game is in terms of the programming side of it and how well it's made uh i do want to nerd out a little bit luigi and i think you'll you'll also want to nerd out with me oh uh, yeah about uh, chris sawyer and um this game is made as neil said earlier in the episode entirely by one man and that's uh mr chris sawyer uh an amazing amazing developer from the united kingdom uh and he did everything other than the music and the graphic design really uh everything else mm -hmm. was him 
and he wrote it in a code base called a, 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 a language, I guess you could say, called uh, ASM or Assembly. And yes. as someone who is a developer and uh, has worked in development, I had no idea what the hell assembly was. So I had to kind of go into a little um, little rabbit hole. But normally games are written in, in C. or uh, That's one of the programming languages mm-hmm. that is pretty common, especially in the 2000s. Uh, making something in assembly, it's basically like 20 lines or I think a single line of C equals at least yes. four or five lines of assembly. Right. C C will do things for you. Uh, it will it will basically write your assembly stuff for you. Like has has tools and and stuff for. Well, we know that we want it to do this, so we'll just have a code that mm-hmm. will let you just do it all in one line. Assembly is is like what uh, NES games are written in. It's a low level programming language. Yeah, it's it's not basic, but it's uh, it's still way down there. Yeah, <laughs> and what low level programming kind of means to, to people out there who don't know what this is, it's basically just like telling the computer exactly what to do for every single thing, mm. and right. and getting just insanely granular, basic uh, or uh, um, low level programming languages. That really just comes from punch cards. That's really the the first. Uh, computers were, were really run by punch mm-hmm. cards, which were telling the computer exactly what to do at all times. And these languages really just uh, kind of de- got developed from there. Uh, and assembly is a very old uh, kind of language that people were not making games in <laughs> at uh, at this time. At that point, and, no. and it's really, it's really the reason why... Right? Yes, yeah. Right. Uh, but it's really the reason why Rollercoaster Tycoon can run so well and keep such a uh, a small file size is is because of that and uh, it's it's pretty crazy that he was able to you know create all of this in, in assembly by himself because this is just an insurmountable amount of work and and you you just have to know assembly and x86 which is what he was using inside and out and and just be a complete expert on it otherwise there you'd never be able to finish a game like this well, and the, and the person doing the graphics, like I mentioned before, I, I recently got to talk to uh, Kevin Bayless, who worked at Rare forever, and was talking about how the graphics, they would make these 3D images, as we all know, for Donkey Kong Country, and then spend all night rendering them on this massive computer, and it would take forever. And it's like rendering your your video that you made or, or whatever yeah. that you've cut together. And but just for one image, and so someone basically did that. But for every asset you see, is is a three D image rendered at a lower, you know, or or then it's rendered into a two D image that looks still looks pretty good. And then Chris though has to take all of that and program it for how it's going to be seen from four directions, um, the isometric perspective. Uh, what one car will look like with, you know, however many different kinds of people could be in that car. But yeah, all of these little things, these decisions that have to be made that he, yeah, he took all of those art art assets and had to tell the thing, here's what you do at each step. But it's so much more streamlined that way that that it's able to, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I would, it breaks my brain. Yeah, like while writing it, I have I have no idea what writing code even is. Like I don't work with computers for a living, like like the way Mike does. But like just thinking that to do this, he had to write all the code and then memorize what he had written. Since the computer wasn't doing that for him, he had to kind of go back and 
memorize everything he was doing because the computer wasn't doing that. It's just, mm. I can't even fathom what that even means, but it sounds impressive as hell. And he worked really hard on, on this game and he worked really hard on Tycoon 2 and then basically all but has disappeared from from video games. I don't think he's developed much or anything since. <laughs> he just took his money and, and left, which is good on him, honestly. He made his money for sure. But his earliest success, I haven't played uh, his one of any of his earlier games, but Transport Tycoon, was the first game that he made that was um, critically and commercially well received, and uh, with that money that uh, that he made from that from that that game, he uh, he traveled around the world to uh, all around the UK. He's originally from Scotland, but he got to travel around the UK and England and different parts of Scotland and America and Canada, and uh, got to go on different coasters. He went to amusement parks, and that's where he developed his love for for roller coasters. He originally didn't like amusement parks. Uh, it was after his his first game success that he. He uh, developed a love for them, and he's he's been recorded to have said that he's been on over 700 roller coasters around the world, which is Damn. really impressive. I'd love to get to that at some point. <laughs> Hopefully, I can, but uh, but we'll have to see. That's a beautiful story that that you use your your roller coaster <laughs> winnings from your two roller coaster games and spend the rest of your life riding on roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, he still does to, to this day. He travels around going on coasters, which is like living the dream in my mind. That's amazing. Uh, but the game's original name before it was titled Roller Coaster Tycoon, while he was working on it, he called it White Knuckle, which is a really yep. good name too. I like that. I would have been fine with that too. Um, but it eventually. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is better SEO. <laughs> Definitely better SEO for sure than White Knuckle. At the time, we didn't know what SEO was though, for sure. But he did also call on a bunch of friends at the time to test the game out uh, for their R and D to look for bugs and everything. And uh, eventually passed the game on to Hasbro, who were the uh, the publisher of the game at the time. And uh, they they completed the game with for bug testing and everything. And honestly, to this day, like it's hard to find any. The game I don't think has ever once crashed for me. Like this is a as a as you know sometimes it doesn't run super well. The frame rate can dip and whatnot. But I've never reached a game breaking bug in the game ever. Like nope. it just it works every single time, which is not something I can say for games released in 2023. No patches, no bugs, no updates needed. Yeah, that. That's that's interesting. I've never even yeah. thought about that before. What a con- what a concept. Yeah, no, and that's runs. and that's assembly. That's why really <laughs> yep. is because it's uh it's just so perfectly coded uh and because it's coded in assembly, he's able to to tell the computer exactly what to do at all points and it's one person doing the entire thing, so it's super cohesive. He's an expert in it. He knows where every single little thing is, which I again just can't even imagine. And and to just go back to the programming one more time, Neil, you were mentioning, you know, just like trying to visualize how he's doing this as someone who doesn't work with the, this kind of stuff. Like the 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 extra thing with assembly is that it's not English. He's basically just coding it in like like weird ass strings of letters and numbers a lot of times, and and nothing makes sense. Like right. he has to memorize all this stuff. A C at least is very much. You know, words it's like color. Color is this, right? You can do that with with assembly. It's it's not really a uh, a language mm-hmm. or anything, right? And uh, just another uh, amazing thing that he was able. It's to- like hexadecimal at that point for colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to do yeah hexadecimal sequences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to get uh, wrap your brain around because it just it's just insane that one person was able to do this. But honestly, thinking about it, I think he wouldn't be able to make this with other people. You kind of have to do it all on your own. Unless you want to spend a bunch of time writing out your like code, you know, like your shorthand. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure there is a sequence for, you know, rides in, you know, and it's only a, a shorthand that he would have made for himself. Like, Oh, all rides start with this. Yeah. So, and then, then there's like a four letter or, you know, <laughs> however many 
digits to to extend out from there to differentiate between everything. Yeah. He earned putting his own photo on the back of the case. Honestly, that was a, a good move. He, yeah. he deserves every award that he could have possibly won for this game. Absolutely. But Luigi, in playing the game, uh, obviously the, the joy of this game, as much as we love nerding out about the, the business side of video games and the development of video games, which this one is extremely interesting. Well, what, what, what's kind of your plan of attack when you're playing Roller Coaster Tycoon? Do you have go-to rides that you try and build every time, rides that you never build? Um, on, on a typical day when you're not trying to kill or send your uh, guests to uh, Pandemonium Island, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's your strategy? Well, the strategy, you know, Pandemonium Island goes up pretty early. Sure. You, know, you never know. Um, but the, the strategy is... Speaking of business, the business side of it, like I'm paying attention to the spreadsheets. I'm paying attention to especially that they don't really help you much with pricing your ride. And you never really know, like, you know, eventually over the course of a ride's life, you know, I think people probably figured out like what the algorithm was for how much people are willing to pay for an older ride. But um, at the time, I didn't know that. And so it was you you got to constantly be checking. Another reason to pause is they will tell you actions of patrons and their thoughts. And you can you can group them in a few different kinds of ways. And so, you know, I will look at a ride. What, what are people thinking about the ride? What are people in line thinking about the ride? Uh, because you can go see how many people are in line. Oh, click on that. Okay, now I can see all of these people specifically thoughts and actions. And so... I'm I'm trying to keep everything in balance by paying attention to drop down menus and yeah like I get really involved with this game uh there there are I don't do a lot of building my own roller coasters I just I I stick with the the ones they give me mm-hmm. um and as far as like a go-to ride like go-karts nice people will wait in line for hours to ride go-karts Yep. Build the longest go-kart line you possibly can. <laughs> I will have it snaking around. It will be like multi-leveled because once you set the ride up and the line's full, you can't extend it without closing the ride and watching all those people leave. And so go-karts with a big long line and yeah, pack them in, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go-karts is always a, always a winner for sure. That one, you can charge 2 $3 sometimes. Of course, there are also parks it where... It comes so late in the cycle. Yeah, I know. It always comes late. That's why you got to put your research at 400 uh, at least yep. and make sure you get some thrill rides going. But yeah, there are some parks that, that are free and that you can't charge for park entry. And so that kind of always changes, at least for me, my strategy mm-hmm. of pricing rides because then it's like, well, now I got to get my money back just through rides, not through park entries. I like being able to like crank it up to sixty for like ten seconds. I like, oh, I really need to buy this ride. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> get everybody I'll in. Take it all for, I'll take it all up front. <laughs> Did you ever? I've seen, I've watched a lot of Let's Plays and, and different community videos on YouTube of Roller Coaster Tycoon. And sometimes I'll see parks that have like multiple merry go rounds and multiple Ferris wheels and multiple uh, observation decks. Did you ever get into that? Like building multiple versions of the same ride? Because I've always played it just every park has one of each ride. Um, sometimes like those thrill rides, they'll, they'll have one or two that'll hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least for like a little while, like for the first year. And so, yeah, like having two swinging ships going isn't a bad idea. Yep. Um, 
people will will pay you know and then just double up on the uh the trash cans and station <laughs> a, a a cleaning guy right there for like this is all you do you stay here yep, yep. sweep right here yeah. <laughs> you can mow the grass if you want but get the get the bombs <laughs> it's funny that swinging ship is just like a guaranteed gold like uh People just spend yeah, their money. Early on, especially. Yeah, early yeah. on. Uh, the inverted swinging ship, even better, too, I find. That gets that gets a ton of money. Uh, and, like, you could go up to, like, $5 on that, on a, on a free park, or a free entry park. And people are in, like, line for hours to go on this thing. I'm like, damn, is this, yeah. is this like, real life? <laughs> 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 kind of, man. Yo, the inverted swinging ship, we used to have one of those around us here at Wonderland. And that was... That was such a cool ride. They took it out like 10 years ago now. Yeah. That ride was awesome. People used to wait in line for that one for a while too. So yeah, I guess it, it could be real life. And it's also awesome like when you see guests come off of one of those thrilling rides that they jump up and down and they, they go right back in line again if yeah. your entrance yeah. is close to the exit. I love that little – like seeing everybody jumping up and down and then instantly the lineup is filled again regardless of how long they want to wait. They just want to get right back in line again. It's it's cool. The AI in this game, it, it could use some improvements, but it it's it's neat. Like it, it works oh, to yeah. this day still. Never have a square or a um, – just a bunch of pathing like filled in like no, no, no. only lines. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 they will, they will like start to like, st- like you know, like garbage in the corner of like a, like a, you know, like three walls. Like the wind will just sort of swirl and pile it up in one side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen uh, to people if you don't build your paths right. I, I like uh, having the exit of a path lead, you know, like the exit of a ride lead directly to the entrance. Um, mm. And so people getting off the ride have have the option to see it before they go back out into the into the actual park, the rest of the park. I, I like often moving my exits or having kind of my if I have a ride that's really popular, uh, I'll put it in an area that is just like super population density. Everyone's like, it's too crowded here. And I'll, I'll put a swing <laughs> ship there. Uh, I'll get out them all to go on the big line or go-karts. Everyone's in the big line. And then I <laughs> I put uh, the exit, you know, I, I, I move the exit way far away to like another part of the park. Just dump them out in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, it's too crowded here. Put a bunch here. of ice cream stalls along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's my favorite is the is the big long path to nowhere with, with nothing but stuff to buy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> ice cream stall at the very end of it yeah yeah what's your what's your go-to uh uh sh- like shop or stall that you always like was it the ice cream stall oh oh no uh balloons because you yeah. can you can see them and if if you're like n- now i'll just make them all green because you know but uh, there was <laughs> you know back in the day i would have different colored balloons in different areas to see where people were more yeah that's what i was saying earlier on yeah, and so you can like track, like not necessarily where they're going because they're only going to buy one balloon, but like where's the hot spots? Like, am yeah. I seeing more people buying stuff over here? Okay, maybe put something else over there. And and do you ever pay off your loan like now? Uh, uh, maybe when you played it before, you didn't because at least me, I just up my loan to twenty thousand every time. But uh, <laughs> do you try and pay off that ten thousand dollar loan? Yeah, yeah, uh, I tried to only take money when I needed it and and get 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 it back when I was doing well. And and sometimes I would have to crank up 
the uh, park entry fee to do that. But um, I tried to pay it back off. Mm. Never know if I need more. One thing I wanted to ask uh, both of you guys, actually, while I have you here, I feel like I need a tip. And Luigi, we'll start with you. But what do you guys do when it rains? Because I feel like all of a sudden nobody wants to go on anything, regardless of what the ride is. Like even the haunted houses, people still won't go on it then. Uh, what's your strategy when it starts to rain? Do you close stuff up? Do you rebuild? Do you renovate? Hit me hit me with your uh, your strategy. Yeah, I think, think uh, generally I'll just start building something or... I'm I'm not going to get much from anyone's thoughts other than, oh, I didn't buy an umbrella or it's raining. Usually, yeah, I'll probably start putting up more information kiosks so people can buy umbrellas. Uh, if right. not completely switch over to, okay, well, let's let's work on some paths or let's get some scenery going or let's do something that I'm not normally trying to to accomplish, which is. You know, dude, put some trees down here, okay. <laughs> now, do gardens actually get automatically watered when it rains? I honestly don't know this. I think they do. I could be wrong. The only thing I know about the rain happening is, like, ducks come out more, I think, when it rains. That was, like, the only <laughs> thing that I noticed was more ducks fly around. But I kind of wish that, like, it's one of the negatives I have towards this game, honestly, is the rain. Because there's n- not much to do, like, other than clean up the paths and, like, inspect rides. Because guests don't want to go on anything, and it's really frustrating. Like they just say, "I don't want to go on all the roller coasters while it's raining." I kind of wish that there was like a button that let you skip to when it was sunny, or just yeah. let let you toggle it so that it never rains. I don't really know what the point of it is, other than I guess watering flowers. But like Mike and I talked about at the beginning of this episode, we I I rarely build any scenery, so mm-hmm. there's nothing to water by the time <laughs> it rains. I don't need any. I, del- I delete all the trees. I just want rides and paths. That's it. Yeah, I don't think that, like, unless I'm mistaken, because I also do not build a lot of scenery, I, I don't think that you have to, like, do you have to water the gardens? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. They get, like, yeah, I've had many dead flowers. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Huh. Yeah, no. No, don't don't build a lot of flowers. <laughs> yeah, you're handymen. They'll uh, empty bins, water flowers, sweep the paths, which is the common one that you need, mm-hmm. and they'll uh they'll mow grass. Those are like the four things that they do. And okay. you can tell the them to handyman. <laughs> the useless handyman. Yeah, I us- we usually just tell them not to mow grass and water yeah. flowers and just empty bins and sweep paths. That's all you need to be doing. Also, who's breaking the benches? You know, and like what are you what the are you vandals. doing? Why are you, why are you breaking the benches? <laughs> yeah, those vandals. <laughs> where do you send those? Uh, yeah. where, where does the Ouija send those vandals. It does like having a security guard actually works though. I will say like yep. uh, you put a security guard in, you'll get awards. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> best value park, best uh, safest, safest park, park, park in America. Yeah. If you've got security yeah. guards, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and Neil, you, you mentioned it with uh, with kind of cons to this game. It is a ten out of ten game. There's no there's no doubting that it's a it's an ultimate masterpiece of a tycoon style game. But uh, there are some some things I would definitely like to see improved one day. Uh, but uh, Luigi, are there any 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 cons that you have for uh, for Roller Coaster Tycoon One? There, uh, there's something that two does now. I can't remember it because there's a lot of things I don't necessarily like about two, mm-hmm. namely that they take away your ability to charge a door fee and ride fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I just always enjoy playing this game. I get, I guess maybe the way that you. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. That's totally fine. The only things I could really think of. I mean, and yeah, like I, I, I love this game to death for sure. I've been playing it for since it came out, basically. But the only thing I, I, I things I could think of were to have an ability to speed up, kind of like Sims does. Where sometimes I just mm-hmm. want to quickly, you know, c- go through a couple months here. I don't want to build anything. I don't want to do anything. I just want to kind of uh, accumulate some money and speed up. 
Also have the ability to delete en masse. So like, um, like being able to delete a whole bunch of trees at once is, is something I would love instead of having to, having to right-click them all. Yeah. I, th- I think... I think two lets you do that, but uh, there's always raising a, a whole group of land one tile and then back down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. And be sure you don't do it a bunch and then run out of money. Cost you two thousand dollars to do that, but yeah, you oh can do God. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the fees for landscaping in this game, and Neil mentioned earlier on Ridiculous. about just, yeah. like, the the money. The, the money doesn't really make sense all that much in the game. It makes it makes no, it makes zero sense, Mike. You you can buy a roller coaster for five hundred dollars, <laughs> but it costs you a hundred dollars to buy one plot of land like one individual unit of yeah. land it makes no sense yeah yeah so that, that like doesn't make sense i always i always <laughs> kind of hated having to like, when i needed to actually lower raise land because of supports or when i needed to make some tunnels for the paths and everything uh and i feel that was maybe chris sawyer uh kind of trying to make it so you weren't just automatically flattening everything all the time uh you were trying to you know work yeah. with what you were given which is fine i do appreciate that like like as i've gotten older i'm like you know what it's actually fine that <laughs> That I, I can't flatten land uh, for like like f- cents on the dollar. It makes sense that it, it is expensive, but um, but you know still it, it would be nice sometimes to just, just want to take a loan out to flatten land. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> but yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon, obviously a great game. And you said you did play Roller Coaster Tycoon two. Uh, have you? Is that the only one you've played? Uh, so so I've I've been a Mac user for like my entire adult life and mm-hmm. you can't play roller coaster tycoon on mac uh, you can now with with steam kind of yeah. if you get into open roller coaster tycoon which is amazing yes. and uh, has a whole host of features but um you i was able to get it on mac at that point but that was like a couple of years ago when i finally did that so you could get roller coaster tycoon 3 for the mac and I did that for about 20 minutes <laughs> in 2007 or 8 or something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, really jonesing to play like one of my favorite games ever. It just, it's not the same. I don't know. It's just it, like right down to the, like the path building. Like, I don't know. I was trying to like build an exit from, that's when I gave up. I was trying to build an entrance and an exit. And I was like, the, the magic's not here. Yep. It's just, this is not what I want. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Uh, I've played other games. I, I think I, at some point my brother got it on iPhone and it was legit Roller Coaster Tycoon on iPhone. And I played around with it for a minute and was like, yeah, no, this is it. This is this is what I want. Like, this is great. Um, and I looked at his security guards. And that Roller Coaster Tycoon classic mm-hmm. is what you're talking about on on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I looked at his security guards, and and they were pink. And I was like, oh, oh, thanks. Uh, which <laughs> my best friend and I, we always made the pink police. And so oh, I was, nice. I was my, it warmed my heart to see that he also had pink police. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny how there are so many different versions. Like, there's twelve, I think, total, like between four main series, eight spinoffs. Like, there's so many different ways, different consoles to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. But if you're not playing like the first or the second one, like if you're not if you're like people like us who are, you know, in our late twenties or thirties now, like playing these games, it's hard to explain, but like, it's just, there's something not right about all of the, the 3d version or the console versions. Like it needs yeah. to just be one or two on a PC. I need the crappy graphics. I don't need too much extra stuff. I, it, 
these systems just work, this this AI just works, and uh, leave me alone with the rest of it. It's hard yeah, like, to explain, but uh, it, it is what it is. It's a it, it, they just made it so perfect so early that it's they didn't need to do anything more after that. Well, and they being Chris, like like, like that that is because that's that's the main thing, right? Is yeah. the fact that these games after are not him at all, no involvement, uh, and not even using the code bases or anything, right? They're completely yeah. different games, other than Roller Coaster yeah. Tycoon Classic, which. Uh, you're saying that you're playing on on mobile like that is Chris actually going back in 2016 and redoing these games from assembly, uh, which is just I can't even imagine that amount of work to do. And he said <laughs> it was really hard to do. And and so those games, Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, uh, that is actually a Chris game. So definitely recommend if you want to pick up like a new version of Roller Coaster Tycoon, that's the one to pick up. Um, anything else? Yeah, three. I remember also buying it. Uh, when in 2006, 2007, whenever it came out, and being like, "Yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon," and yeah, just immediately being like, "Oh man, this isn't the same at all." Uh, and later, yeah, I learned that's not his. So yeah, yeah, you know, I, did, I like, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't have that feeling. Um, like you think free camera, free camera. You know, it's not just four directions. You could you can zoom in and rotate the camera and like see what you're doing. And it just, I like, no, I don't know. Yeah, don't need it. It's, I just, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not right. Like that isometric angle is just perfect mm-hmm. in Roller Coaster mm-hmm. One and Two, or Roller Coaster Tycoon One and Two. It's just like I, 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 I almost don't even need the full camera because it's done yeah. so well. I mean, there's parts that I would love for it for sure, but for the most part, it's it's perfect <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, it it um, you can you know, and with the ability to turn off certain kinds of scenery or. Uh, support structures or things like that you can you can pretty it you can make it work that's maybe what i'll say is that it is a little hard to see what you're doing behind rides sometimes yeah and when you're trying to make a tunnel underneath something but but it can work you can you can make it work it's fine and and those other games are just kind of let that did you know that it got ported to og xbox too i don't know how that plays but it's still classic yeah yeah it it did not it did not review well uh it does not play well is the the long and short of what we found from that it's been on a bunch of random consoles it was on 3ds i think that there's a version on switch too i don't know what the hell that is uh just need it on my laptop i have it now on steam and uh that's where i'm gonna stop my yeah. roller coaster tycoon i'm gonna stop searching now because i have it here so well luigi is there anything else you'd like to say about a roller coaster tycoon before we let you go for the day it's very telling that on your schedule for this month, I saw Luigi's Mansion and Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I contacted you about only one of those games. <laughs> I love Luigi's Mansion with all of my heart, but like, yeah, let me talk about some Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. Like, let's go. I mm-hmm. I love this game. I love everything about it. I could I could just stick my nose in in these menus and and you know spreadsheets and whatever for hours and just have a good time so yeah i love you luigi's mansion but yeah (laughs) yeah no we we know how much our friends and fellow listeners would die to talk about this game for hours like we are right now and it's a ton of fun so we're really glad to have you come on and and we thought you might have wanted to come on for luigi's mansion but we're glad to have you on for our first ever pc game (laughs) in our uh in our new show which is which is awesome. Looking forward to talking about some uh, some more PC games hopefully in the future. We'll have you back on for Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 maybe. We'll have to wait and see though when we get to that. That's that's what I've been playing recently uh, since I have that on Steam as well. 
Nice. Yeah, I'll have I'll have more to say about it. Like I said, I spent a lot more time with with one over mm-hmm. two. I just For I sure. like I like one. One maybe is a little easier and and but it it's it's yeah, it lets you just do whatever you want basically. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is yeah. that that kind of almost sandboxy feel. Also a sandbox mode too, of course. Uh, but uh, and and two has it too. But uh, yeah, the, um, both games are honestly e- equally amazing. Like uh, they're both fantastic to play today. And yeah, I, I'm I'm down to just talk about more Roller Coaster Tycoon, and we'll do Roller Coaster Tycoon two <laughs> at some point because yeah, I could talk about this for hours. But uh, yeah, two has um, a bunch of Six Flags roller coasters. Yes. Uh, most notably, mm-hmm. like their roller coasters that were made in the '90s, which were made by like a junk company that did terrible work <laughs> on these wooden roller coasters so uh i always find that hilarious <laughs> that's kind of fun <laughs> good safety hazards it's too intense for me <laughs> but uh but while we have you here luigi uh we'd love for you to uh plug whatever you're working on right now and of course your lovely podcasts uh check out chat of the wild we're getting to the end of star fox adventures which well, it's just you know Weird game. Uh, I know why I never finished it, um, but I'm glad I beat it now. It's just very strange. Um, you could tell Rare made it in some ways. Mm-hmm. Also, Need for Speed Running just had an episode go up about Elden Ring. We did any percent glitchless. Uh, there is some amazing horse acrobatics, uh, climbing walls that, you know, I, I tried to idiot my way up a few walls in that game and I was blown away by some of the, some of the strats in oh, there. Wow. So check that show out. Need for speed running. Also check out remember 64. I haven't been on it in a while cause my life's crazy, but, uh, I love David and he's a, a great podcaster and host and producer. So check out remember 64. It's a great show. And um and your show too. Nice. Thank oh, you. Thank you. And and I was actually on Remember Sixty Four uh quite recently for WCW versus NWO Revenge. Oh yeah. Uh, uh one of my favorite wrestling games of all time. So that was actually really fun to talk with Dave about uh about that. Yeah, Remember Sixty Four. Neil's been on it too. Yeah, I've been on it I think at least once. I talked about Diddy Kong. I feel like I've been on it. I can't even remember now. It's been so long. It was last year. Maybe it was... I don't know. I've been on it a few times. Go back and check out the Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing episode, though. I was definitely definitely in there. But uh, yeah, great shows. I'm glad to see Dave is doing what we could have done with the N64, but I'm glad someone else is taking care of a full library over us. We're going to take some time and talk about a bunch of random things, which is a nice change of pace for us after three years of GameCube. Good to stretch our legs into other places. But uh, Luigi, thank you so much for coming on our show for the for, uh, uh, yeah. Unlocking What Was Cool podcast show for the first time ever. And uh, we hope to see you again real soon. Oh, thank you so much. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you very much, Luigi, uh, at Luigi's Apartment, uh, for coming on today, talking about Roller Coaster Tycoon. I was so glad that he had so much uh, fun things to say, so many great memories and good facts, too. I got to nerd out with him a little bit on the programming side of, uh, of Chris Sawyer and, and that legacy. We'll talk about Chris uh, more, of course, in the show because there's so much to unpack. But, yeah, uh, amazing that he made it and amazing that Luigi made Pandemonium, which I'll be making <laughs> later today. Yeah, that's such an interesting idea. I love listening to how other people play the game, played the game, how other people get creative on destroying their their park in certain ways or ruining the lives of their guests or, or trying to play the game seriously and how like 
some people play the game in certain ways completely the same, but will play the game slightly differently. Like uh, Luigi loves to go with go-karts. I completely, I love go-karts. I use them too. And he's right. They are really popular, but they're not one of the rides that I think of as being the go-to one. So it's, it's fun to hear other people's favorite favorite rides that they like to use and when ones that they don't and how they establish, you know, washrooms and, and, and food courts or, or whatever, you know, ice cream stands and long pathways and short pathways. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you can really tell a lot about a person by how they handle their, their amusement park. So uh, with that, we, we want to, we want to compare how other people make amusement parks too. And we have one other caller joining the show today, Mike. So uh, who's our next guest of the day? All right, Neil, joining us, our second guest of the show today is our friend of the show, Josh, from the Still Loading Podcast. We're really excited to have him on to talk about a little bit of Roller Coaster Tycoon. And uh, we last had him on for the James Bond episode way back, episode 67 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. So it's been too long since we've gotten to talk to him about some cool stuff. Uh, so, Josh, before we get into anything, though, our first question to you is when you play Roller Coaster Tycoon, do you charge people for the bathroom? I'm not a monster, Mike, okay? <laughs> I, I do not charge people to use the bathroom. However, when it comes to recollections, I have a friend who did, and there's some interesting uh, strategies that it entailed, and, and we'll get to that when we get to the memories. Oh, but you can you can start right away. You can jump into those memories right oh, now, yeah. Josh. Let's let's hear that interesting strategy. <laughs> so when I first played Roller Coaster Tycoon, I didn't play it till way, way, way after... It was like out, you know, like I didn't actually, I don't think I even played it until like maybe 2007 or eight, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. Um, I had heard of it, of course, but I've never really, I had never really played it. And uh, the way I even played it was, it was before I had my own computer and my uh, friend from down the street had an old uh, desktop that he didn't want anymore that was just powerful enough to play Roller Coaster Tycoon and Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. Love it. And, oh my God, that's one of my favorite RTS games of all time. Yes. So (laughs) with Roller Coaster Tycoon, I first played it on that. And when I tell you this thing, I think it had maybe 256 megabytes of hard hard drive space. Like, that's how old this desktop was. And the tower was like as hot, like, up to my waist it was so huge <laughs> it was huge so that's that's how i first played it but the um story that i was referencing a friend of mine in high school the way he would play he played uh he created his own version as uh we kind of talked a bit about off mic about all the 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 tool set in this game allows so much creativity and free and like freedom of expression and like there's just so much you can do mm-hmm. um what he did was he created an island and he would pick all the wealthiest people put them on the island and have everything charged like bathrooms snack stands i think that's the only thing on there's no rides it was just bathrooms and snack stands and uh <laughs> went the first person as they would run out of money they he would just drown them of course <laughs> hence survivor oh island uh, <laughs> and so whoever whoever was the last man standing last man or woman standing got to leave the park oh my <laughs> god a, it's pretty a tr- it's pretty awful that's a great strategy though i gotta say that's a good way to to you know really really get the money out of people before they you drown them i was talking earlier in the show of how i would also look at people and to see how much money they had left, because a lot of these people 
came with a lot of money, but I, I lost track of them, and uh, they spent it all on something stupid, clearly. And, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I like the, the ones who, who kind of look around, don't spend everything all at once, and I like that. Put them to the island, spend it on on washrooms and, uh, and snacks, and you're good to go. And the hat stand, of course, too. The souvenir stand, too. Those are good ones to buy. <laughs> that is such a brilliant idea as, like, a kind of like a raffle or, like, a charity thing with, like, friends or a group of people. Like, if you have 100 people, everybody pitches in five bucks and then you drop a hundred people on this island and then everybody has to bet on one guest Ooh. and whoever the last one standing is wins the pot that would be so much fun to do I like that oh my god <laughs> josh thank you so much for bringing this into my life i never even thought about this before <laughs> there we go I, can't, I mean i can't take credit for the idea it wasn't me who came up with survivor island but i'll take credit for relaying the information for sure yeah you, re- you relayed the information correctly here so that's no that's important and that's interesting so that you you didn't actually get to play it right away and uh we asked our other guest about this too but do you have any recollection of roller coaster tycoon coming in cereal boxes then <laughs> No, actually, no, not none whatsoever. I I don't even remember where I first got my copy of Roller Coaster Tycoon. I don't know if I got it from a friend or if it like there was a my library always had used book sales and they would always somehow have like <laughs> old video games mixed in with all that. Nice. Actually, that believe it or not, that's how I got. I mean, as you guys both know, I'm a collector and that's how it kickstarted my collecting because I found a copy of Sonic the Hedgehog with with the case, like no no manual, but like with the box and artwork and the the game, and I paid like wow. fifty cents <laughs> for it, and then I got. I think Sweet. Tecmo Bowl oh, for the NES yeah. there as well. And I was like, oh, it's only 50 cents for each of these. So a dollar. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I like video <laughs> games. And then it just kind of, I don't even know why I bought it. It just kind of set it off a whirlwind of collecting then. But it, so I might've gotten it from there. Uh, some, something else might, I, what it was the same friend. I think this friend is pretty sadistic uh, because he would like turn on a roller coaster, you know, like build his own custom roller coaster hit you know turn it on you know, give it the green light don't test it just give it the green light and then midway through he would start editing it so because you can edit while the coaster is live so and if you delete a track the brakes won't stop it and they he would just fling people <laughs> off <laughs> i don't know why he did this but it was kind of amusing to see this like expl- it's kind of funny that they even programmed the crash when it was something that was like you had to do very intentionally in order to make that crash like i don't think you were allowed to turn on a roller coaster that no. wasn't complete if i remember correctly no so th- you had to purposely <laughs> this wasn't like an accident you had to be purposely cruel in order to see this animation the game never teaches you to be cruel or to be sadistic or to torture your guests you just slowly learn how to do it just i guess it's human instinct <laughs> yeah, but i feel like everybody who plays roller coaster tycoon has experience with just messing with guests killing people uh, just ruining people's day, turning everyone into the angriest client or guest uh, humanly possible, making everybody's face red, and just they just want to leave the damn park until they <laughs> till they die. Basically, um, it's so crazy how everyone came to the same conclusion <laughs> with this game. Uh, I I absolutely love that. But Josh, I do need to ask you. We I've I've asked Mike this, and I asked our other uh, caller Luigi. When you're playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, seriously, not not trying to kill people on your uh, uh, Survival of the Fittest Island. Well, what's kind of your your game plan when you're starting? up a new map on roller coaster tycoon do you have a, a specific set of rides you like to try and build early on uh do you try and max out your loans do you try and pay down the loans quickly walk us through a, a day in the life of josh the uh roller coaster tycoon mogul 
the roller coaster tycoon himself. Uh, That's right. Yes. There we, but I'm. But no. Uh, I think what my strategy usually entailed was I would. When I was a kid, I would max out the loan because who gives a shit? It's just a video right. game. Of course. Especially for the very fir- the first level of the first game, Forest Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the name of the level. Yeah. Uh, you, I would build the crazy caterpillar, charge like three bucks for it. Ooh. And then I would, I was always undercharging. Everyone else that I would see would always charge like five or eight dollars for a ride. I'm like, I just can't, I can't do that. I wouldn't want to pay five or eight dollars, even in even in this fictional video game world. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't justify that. I feel like such a cheapskate. And then I, I think, but I would also charge for the park itself, which I, there, there's a remake of Roller Coaster Tycoon where it kind of mashes Roller Coaster Tycoon one and two together. Uh, that you can buy, and it's it's weird because it won't let me change the price of the tickets for the park, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's a setting that I'm missing, but so. But what I used to do is I would charge you know like twenty bucks for the for park admitted, and then I would, um, you know you know three bucks for a ride, a dollar for the slide. I would usually build one roller coaster and a handful of uh, smaller rides just to like spread stuff out. Um, and then I wouldn't start designing my own coasters until I get a little bit of money flowing in. And then I would uh, usually try to buy out land so that way I could expand the park. Mm. Um, it depends on the level, too. Like, it, I, I've played Forest Frontier so many freaking times <laughs> because that's like, it's just, it's easy. And it's just something that I, as a kid, I never really got too far into the game because it it's time consuming. It's not necessarily hard. It's just time consuming. Yeah. So I never really got to all of the different parks, but I will say with Forest Frontiers, I, I can, I bought all of the land available in that game, in that nice. level. Uh, and I, I, there was one playthrough that I had where I literally bought all the land. I, built onto the park all like the it was completely filled like the park was completely full i couldn't put anything else other without either removing things or um just building them some or uh or like trying to weave it through all the different you're like raise it up or like weave it through underneath others you know like when you would do that with roller coasters you'd weave them in and out from each other stuff like that so my general strategy Build a roller coaster because that always gets the the speed freaks in there, the excitement people, and uh, people who like excitement. And then you build a bunch of tamer rides. My least favorite patrons that would show up at your park are the ones that would go to every ride and be like, "This is too exciting for me. This is <laughs> yeah. too boring for me." I'm like, "What ride do you want? What do you like?" That's what. That's but who I'm goes ho- to the Survivor Island because then they go to the shops instead. <laughs> so this is what you get. That's what it should have been. This is what you get if you don't like any. If you haven't bought a single ride in the hour that you've been in my park, Survivor Island. Exactly. I hate those people. Like, like you'd get one guest every so often. That's like, that's too intense for me. That's too light for me. It's raining. I'm not going on that when it's raining. This path is disgusting. It's busy. I bought a park map. Like that. Like, <laughs> there's always like one thing in there that's like they really like about or something like. Yeah. Or like the, the French fries are really good value. Like just something random in there that's positive. You know what's one strategy I love? Charge twenty dollars the max amount for umbrellas because yep. when it starts yep. raining, nobody cares. They will spend twenty dollars. Right. And you see a huge, so you pray for rain at your Mm. parks, which is completely (laughs) opposite of almost every other uh, amusement park. You pray for rain in these ones because then you can charge 20 bucks for an umbrella. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. That was when I was a kid, I used to charge a lot for umbrellas. That was like always a good strat. It was funny. I was, I was, 
playing uh, this week again to obviously get acquainted and because I love playing the game. And I found a, a couple of files from like 2012 that I still had on this computer. Wow. And um, it was funny to look at it. And, and I found like a park that I'm, I, I was a year six at. And it just was like an amazing oh park that I I don't remember ever building. It had like two thousand or three almost three thousand guests, I think, and just like tons of uh, tons of customization everywhere. Must have too much time on my hands. I was gonna say like the, the AI became self aware, and there's a statue of Mike in the middle of the park. Yeah. They treat him like a god. It's all that like they've they've learned. <laughs> the only thing I ever really changed, other than the umbrella, would be when a ride would be there too long and people weren't going on it anymore. I dropped the price, yeah. Yeah, and that's about it. Though I, I really should like drop it to like zero, and then when everyone's in line, just up the price, <laughs> because there are some patrons who leave, but most of them are like, "Oh, it's I guess I'm stuck." Oh, that's here. what I do all the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what I have to do with um with scrambled eggs. Like I, I don't know why you always usually start with the thrill rides that are swinging ship and scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. and swinging mm-hmm. ship, as we talked about earlier on, always brings in tons of people. You know, great great cash cow. But uh, I don't know why. Uh, maybe you guys have had this too but the scrambled eggs always sucks no one wants to go on that ride for especially more than a dollar <laughs> it's the name no one wants to ride scrambled eggs it's messy you don't you don't want it's that true. i i always thought the the like the generic names for each of the non roller coaster rides are really lame like scrambled eggs uh, what's just spiral slide mm, yeah. Uh, pirate ship. I would like. I would try to come up with something clever, and then if I was trying to be funny, it was usually some type of innuendo, which I won't repeat on the show. <laughs> it, uh, you know, I, we, I'm going to try to keep it PG here, but uh, it, you know, stuff like that. Like the most, I think I would change instead of scrambled eggs, I change it to scrambler, which then made me would always make because it was also scrambled eggs. I would also think of like three ninjas. Here's an obscure reference: when Tum Tum would yell "Scramble!" Oh my god! If you guys remember those movies at no, all, I don't know. Not- <laughs> No, oh, man, really. I just played to an audience of myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an audience listening to this. They probably were like, yeah. Someone out there got that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, I don't think I messed around with the prices of anything in, in the concession stands in terms of like merch or food. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I, I, I definitely charged to go to the bathroom at times. Uh, that would have been something that I dabbled in. I obviously don't <laughs> anymore because I'm not a monster. Ten but, cents uh, at least. Come on. Ten cents at least. Oh, yeah, bare minimum. No, but I, I would mess around table. with the rides. But I was also like Josh where like I never charged more than like three bucks to go on a ride at most because that's at the time that was about what they might have charged at a, at a local carnival. Uh, and mm. it, it's kind of actually hard to play the game nowadays because of just inflation. Um, like who, who leaves the house with $45? Like that buys you the bus ticket to get to an amusement park these days, basically. Yep. So it'd be kind of nice to have, uh, have something that maybe adjusted for uh, 20 years of, uh, of a bad economy. But nevertheless, uh, we're, we're stuck playing the 1999 version. But Josh, you mentioned playing a game uh, that mixed the two games together. It sounds like you have Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. Yes, on Steam. Yep. I believe that that's the one that uh, combines one and two uh, pretty beautifully. Those are the two peak games in the series for sure. But uh, one version of Roller Coaster Tycoon that many fans of the series play today is uh, one that the community actually developed in 2014. It's called, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. I have. 
came out in 2014. Terrific game uh, made by 250 contributors, uh, which is just crazy to think that Tom Sawyer made Tom Sawyer, Mark's Mark Sawyer, Chris, Chris Sawyer, Sawyer. Chris yeah. Sawyer. <laughs> which is crazy to think uh, that Chris Sawyer made the game all by himself. And it took 250 people to basically tweak it just enough. Uh, they fixed a bunch of uh, bugs. They raised a bunch of the game's limits, uh, which is really cool. Um, some of the uh, improvements in this version are there's a fast forward mode. There's multiplayer support. There's higher resolutions. Uh, you can exceed the previous height restrictions. Uh, there's improved guest AI, and uh, there's the option for an early victory if you hit the park goal early, which are all things that I think would be awesome in the original game. Uh, yep. But this open sandbox game is just absolutely terrific. But it sounds like you've seen uh, some gameplay of it or know a little bit about uh, this community. Yes, very little. I discovered it about a year ago. I haven't really interacted with the community at all, but there is a fantastic documentary on YouTube by, you ever heard of the YouTube channel No Clip? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys saw this. They did. I watched some of this. Yeah. It's it's great. It's such a good documentary. He interviews Marcel Voss, who is, I think, from the Netherlands. He's a YouTuber Mm -hmm. from the Netherlands who does a lot of this stuff. And I absolutely love the the weird ideas that he comes up with like the the it's one crazy. that they used a lot of in the video is the mazes like how patrons navigate through a maze and how like what mazes are impossible because of the way the game is programmed and how the ai for the patrons are programmed to move they just can't figure out how to get out of the maze even though it's <laughs> literally a straight line um so which is just amusing i also love he the way that he gets introduced in the video is uh, he's like, now we're going to answer your burning, an age-old burning question. Why is someone who's less happy take longer to drown than someone who's more happy Ooh, <laughs> in Roller Coaster Tycoon? You know? It was such a goofy... I, it seems so fun. Like, what a great idea for a YouTube channel. That's why I really like watching uh, uh, Marcel Voss, an amazing YouTuber, has about th- 32 million views on his videos, mm-hmm. uh, and, and watching him like play and use this as a playground is just... I can't look away. I don't know about you, Neil, but like, like yeah. when I watch it, I, I'm I'm watching it for a long time, like way yeah. longer than I should. <laughs> oh my god, he's got so many different videos, Josh. You got to go into this guy's back catalog of videos. There's some cool stuff. Like he's got one where he he's playing in the open sandbox mode. Obviously, that's where he he doesn't do the old you know get to get to 600 guests in three years. He doesn't do any of that stuff. It's uh it's all just insane. Like how far can I stretch this? this ball of play-doh and and see what kind of fun i can have like he's got one where he uses like every square inch of space that you possibly can like vertically and horizontally like he built the (laughs) craziest vertical coasters uh he's got uh one where it's like how what is it the most it's the longest coaster with the least amount of space you can make so like it's just like it's just like this mangled mess of coaster but it works and like people line up to go on it he's got one where it's the hardest level in the game i think it's called uh something plain aerial planes i think it's called it's like the the hardest level in the entire game he's like can you beat this level with just uh, just ferris wheels that's like my favorite it's like my favorite video like he builds like a hundred ferris wheels just like a line of them and he's got ways like (laughs) The way that the lineups work, like he's he's tricked it with like there's TVs in the lineup and like guests can't leave to a certain point and like it's all this stuff. So like he can beat the game by just he knows how the code works. He knows how AI the guest AI works so he can manipulate it to 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 win basically. But it's really fun to watch some of his videos. They're incredibly entertaining to watch and just therapeutic too. Yeah. There's even like in terms of Roller Coaster Tycoon community out there, the Reddit page is incredibly active. Mm-hmm. There's one just titled Roller Coaster Tycoon, 
Uh, there's over uh, there's about 67,000 subscribers and uh, a lot of wow. daily active users. Whenever I went to go check, there was always a few hundred people online, and th- it's a great little community. Like people post, you know, asking for tips or providing tips. They post photos of rides that they made and ask people to kind of review them and rate them. And I think you can even share a ride and be like, you know, copy it kind of thing, and people can put them in their game if they want to. But it's just a cool little community of people offering advice and posting pictures and just ridiculous just the ridiculous things people do, um, which I know is like a big reason why a lot of people love GTA five. But honestly, I find this so much more entertaining than watching GTA five footage. Like this is so cool. What oh, some people can make. Cause I, I wish I could put some, t- I hope one day I can be like Mike and put time in and make a park to six years. That would be just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think the reason this is so much more interesting and it definitely is part nostalgia, but I also think it's because This is such an old game, and I don't mean that as like an insult, but like this game came out in 1999, the original version of it. The Mm -hmm. visuals still are decent looking. They they still hold up because they're just so stylized that it's just, it's not trying to go for a realistic look. It's just really well, like the artist art direction in this game is really strong. And a lot of that's because the, the artist for it, Simon Foster, did all of it. Like he had to render everything painstakingly in 3D and then basically send out uh sprites of everything and that's for all the different animations from four different angles so imagine how many different moving parts and how much like there's so much happening even in the first game like that's so much art that has to be created and rendered it's just nuts but I, i think it just holds up because like when you look at like gta 5 right GTA 5, it's a newer game. It already does so much. Rockstar is known to have that type of immersive experience in all of their games, or at least attempt to. I mean, people... I love playing Red Dead 2 for how ridiculously immersive that game is with everything you can do in it. But that came out in 2018. This game came out in 1999, and there's still stuff that people are discovering that you can do in this game, which is just amazing. And like, hence Marcel Voss even being such a big YouTuber. He says in the the no clip documentary that there are people who watch him that have never played the game. They just love watching it because it's just right. the yeah. absurdity of it. Plus, it, the since it, the art direction is so cartoonish, it makes it a little bit comical when you see it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, uh, and the fact that the this game, yeah, made in in 1999 on assembly, as we were talking about earlier on the show by Chris Sawyer, and he made this with a, without any kind of engine. You know, this is just him building it from the ground up. I think Red Dead, any of these big AAA games, GTA Five. They're on engines. They're on massive code bases that are already created, like Unreal Engine or Unity. Yeah. Right? So it's like there's all the the base technical work is done. And then obviously there's still tons of stuff to do, mostly creating textures and graphics. But but for something like Rollercoaster Tycoon, the fact that it just made from the ground up using an extremely antiquated uh, language is is nothing short of, of a miracle, honestly. And then you as the player, you can manipulate the ride too. Like the ride is made for you, like the templated rides, but you can manipulate them with different colors. You can go in and edit the ride and then make it faster, make it a completely different shape. You can raise and lower the the uh, the environments. Like there's so much customization you can do from that base that they made. Like it's crazy just how much they, how far deep they went into it. Like on its on its base level, like it's, it's a roller coaster 
uh, it's, it's a roller coaster designing game where you can make your own rides and make your own theme park. And then if you want to, it's also an incredibly detailed business simulator, like a, a management mm-hmm. simulator, like what Mike said earlier in the show, using this game in a in a high school business class. I, By the way, taking back taking my mind back to 2009, I was super jealous when I found out that there was a class in high school that I was not in yeah. playing roller coaster tycoon. I was so pissed when I found <laughs> out you guys were playing that. I can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> honest to God, like I was like, what freaking class did I choose that I'm not playing roller coaster tycoon? They should have just put that in the class description. Like you play roller coaster tycoon, that class would have booked in 10 seconds. But uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, like it's just so amazing how 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 well of a job uh, Sawyer did for with, with this game. But anyway, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to see? I mean, obviously, Open RCT does not necessarily fix, but adds additional features uh, into this game. Is there anything else you'd like to see Roller Coaster Tycoon have, Josh? I mean, I'm not as well versed into like what they've changed in Open RCT, so I don't really know what all has been added. I mean. I I don't I can't really say if there's anything I'd want added to mm-hmm. it or not. I I really enjoyed the experience. I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch. Um I think if anything and I'm sure they've ad- I know they've addressed some of this in Open RCT. I can't stand how janitors can never seem to find the piles of vomit <laughs> no matter how many you hire and even if you plot out their trails to make sure they stay in one freaking area <laughs> yep. so that way they make sure they cover it they never find it you always have to end up going to your whole staff list plucking a janitor yep. from who's out in the middle of god knows where and put him into put, yeah <laughs> I Here's a strategy I always did. I would always have – I would hire like – I'd start off with like four janitors. Three are patrolling the park, and the fourth one is only in charge of grass. I don't care where you go. You're only doing why grass. Why do you even have That's someone doing grass? Job. <laughs> yeah, why? You don't even have to. Like nobody – the guests never say the grass here looks like sh- – looks bad. I, like they never say <laughs> that. They, they just – they, they don't like. I do. I say it in my. But you can, you can quickly I, I mow like the grass it. with the the land the landscape uh, the shovel yep. tool. Then uh, I have to do it. I have to pay attention. That's too much work. <laughs> I'm paying this guy to do it. Yeah, Why am I? Fair. I always I always got more in terms of uh, that. That is one of the things that I would say is a con uh, towards this game. With our previous caller Josh, I mentioned that the rain in the game I think is annoying because the guests just don't want to do anything, and you as a developer can't do anything about it even if you have indoor rides people just kind of wander around and maybe buy an umbrella but uh guest ai is one one thing about this game that kind of bothers me it's just like how how incredibly stupid they are like you know they need to go to the bathroom but they're walking away from the nearest bathroom (laughs) or like they really want to leave but they're walking away from the exit of the park um stuff like that but with your your staff uh, you're right with the um the handyman not wanting to uh to mop the uh, the floors. My, my bigger concern was really with the mechanics when it's like there's been a ride that's been broken down for ages and they're just like walking in circles and they can't seem to find the ride that they're trying to fix. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, that was that was something that bothered me. And like if you pick them up and drop them closer to the ride they were heading to, they would lose their uh, uh, mission to go and they would, they would just forget. Like then they'd have to get the call again or a different mechanic would get the call. So you couldn't just drop them closer to the ride, which was like, ah, oh, why can't I just do this? Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure what happens is when a ride breaks down, I guess the nearest mechanic gets called to it. So if you even if you move a mechanic closer to it, since it wasn't the one that got called to it, like I've done that before. I'm like, oh, I can just fix this real quick. Let me drop a mechanic right next to it. Nope. It called a mechanic on the opposite side of the park because he was the closest at the time. Right. Um, So that always that always kind of bothered me. I also really didn't like how 
the interest would wane in certain rides because that was totally not true to real life. Like, I'm sorry. I understand that not everyone likes the Ferris wheel or the merry-go-round, but there's a reason why they are always in parks because people always go on them. Yeah. Like, I can understand a roller coaster falling out of fashion, but there are certain tried-and-true rides that you shouldn't never have to drop the price to get more interest into it. Like, it should always just be the consistent level of popularity because everyone always rides on them. Same with the pirate yeah. ship. Like there's certain things yeah. like I understand roller coasters, you know, they you know, check out this new roller coasters are the, you know, the new hot thing in a new, an amusement <laughs> park. Like that's what you always look for. Um, but like everything else, like even if it's like the, the quieter rides, like the haunted house, like, okay, I get it. And you, you either need to change up the haunted house or get a new one or I don't know, or get a new ride. I, I, but like there's certain tried and true ones where I'm like, why is this not popular? Like everyone likes a slide. Everyone likes yeah. the merry-go-round. Come on. This is ridiculous. That always, yeah. that always bothered yeah, me. <laughs> I always used to try, like, I would be, I'd get so defeated. Cause I was, I'm like, like same thing like you, like when, when I would go to these amusement parks as kids, like Mike and I would go together. We loved haunted houses and Ferris wheels and even the scrambled eggs like that. That's a great uh, like the tilt a whirl kind of thing. Like I love those. At least I used to like the spinny rides were so cool. And so what I would do is like I'd be like, okay, maybe I just need to like pretty up the area. So like I'd put like a bunch of flower gardens around the the merry-go-round or I'd put the haunted house like in a forest. Mm -hmm. Like I'd surround it by trees thinking like, oh, I need to make it look creepy. And even that wouldn't help. And it's like, what, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, I don't know, like other than make it 10 cents or free, like this, this kind of sucks. And I totally get that. But were there any rides in the, uh, in the game that you love to build? Like once you saw you unlocked like this ride, like you built it right away, you demolish stuff and, and put it in. I think for me, it was always the log flumes because I always liked those as a kid. I loved water rides as a kid and it always b would bum me out that I couldn't, like my parents sometimes wouldn't let me ride one just be, due to whatever circumstances. And I kind of understood why later. I was on a field trip for school one time and uh, we went, the last ride of the day, we decided to go on, uh, I forget what it was called, but it's basically one of those ones where it takes you up in a giant, off a, like up really high and you fly down and a huge wave hits you. Like it creates a huge wave from the splash. Nice. Um, and it was always really fun, but... I did that. My, my mom was like, are you sure you want to do that? We're going to be heading home soon. Do you want to be home? Like, we don't have any towels here. This wasn't meant to be like a water ride. Do you want to do this and go home wet? And I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, well, the bus is air conditioned and it was a long ride home. Ooh. So I'm sitting there soaking wet with in an air conditioned bus with the fan with the vent right on Oof. me. And I was just freezing the entire ride home. It was awful one of the worst decisions i ever made <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so it, it was always water rides that was that was my thing yeah. i always loved to build water rides log flumes or um i also what's another one i really like or if there was a new type of roller coaster as soon as you could get like the steel roller coaster or like the hanging one i always thought that mm. was really cool and then it would always confuse me because there was some uh hanging roller coasters that i'm not used to like the first one i ever went on in real life was in hershey park and there it was called uh the great bear or something like that hmm. and they that was one where like you would sit in a chair and your feet would dangle out below right right and that always i thought that was really cool and so when you in roller coaster tycoon one you get the hanging roller coaster but it wasn't exactly like that like the first one i think it was almost like uh like a ferris wheel cart or like a ferris wheel like a 
uh, I can't think of the term for it, the thing you sit in in a Ferris wheel. It's almost like one of those connected to the top of the roller coaster, and that would go along. It wasn't your cool. feet actually hanging. It was the actual carriage. There right. we go. Carriage, yeah. It was the carriage yeah. hanging. Okay. Um, so it, I remember being a bunch of different like hanging types of roller coasters, and I was never quite sure which one I was getting after it would get unlocked. Yeah. I, the, the naming for the roller coasters is a bit weird in this game. Like it'll be like steel mini roller coaster or like a, a mine shaft roller coaster. I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? Like, what is this? Or like yeah. spinny roller coaster. There's a, there's, there's all, all these different names that I think also a bit of a translation thing too, as Chris Sawyer is, is from the UK. So I think they, they have different names for some of their coasters as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, I did always notice that, especially playing recently. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's all like the, the different names for them. Like crazy caterpillar is one. Um, uh, there's the wooden that uh, uh, wood chip where that was like the big yeah. uh, wooden That's roller coaster. Name. Yeah, that was a good name. That's the big uh, wooden roller coaster that you'd always wait for to build because it's like the the one of the cheaper ones uh, uh, in terms of some of the really big roller coasters. Because some go up upwards of like 20k. And you're like, well, I literally can't build this like anytime. So just like in real life, roller coasters twenty thousand yeah. dollars makes a lot of sense. <laughs> only only twenty thousand dollars, but. Uh, uh, Josh, it's been amazing having you to talk about some roller coaster tycoon. We could talk honestly for hours, I'm sure, about this uh, this great Probably. game. But <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say uh, before we let you go about the game? Not, I mean, not much more to really add to it. I, I've I loved this game as a kid. Uh, mostly, I mean, I watched people play it as a kid more or less, and then I played a lot of it as a teenager. And I still enjoy playing it today. Honestly, after we're done recording this, I'm pro- like my wife's off at a musical. I said that off mic. My wife's off to a musical. I'm just it's just me solo dadding it tonight. So I'm probably going to play some roller coaster tycoon until late into the night. Yes. And and your daughter is like only a few years away from probably being able to figure out how to play this game on on her own. Honestly, like I I picked up this game. I was just barely seven years old so I'd, I'd say like maybe by five or six you could probably start to get her interested in uh in rct and maybe open rct too she'll be a, a community leader before you even <laughs> before you even know it i don't know if i want to introduce her to the internet at uh, five years old good okay? point. So we'll, we'll see about that good point good yeah point. no no wi-fi until 13 good luck with that <laughs> <laughs> oh well josh nice. it's been amazing having you on and uh, of course we'll give you this time right now to plug uh your lovely podcast and whatever else you're working on Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Thank you, first of all, for having me on. It's been so long since I've been able to chat with you guys. And I've always really enjoyed having you guys on my show and guesting on your show. I, well, your, uh, the friendship I've kind of built with you guys over the last couple of years has been some of my favorites in uh, like all of the podcasting groups that I've been involved with. Aww. So thank you again for inviting me on. Um, for my own shenanigans, uh, you can find still the Still Loading Podcast. I'm the host of that. Anywhere good podcasts are given away for free on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Ooh. Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, it's kind of a gaming grab bag podcast where I do, you know, a, kind of a little bit of everything. It focuses on like video game history, video game culture. I do deep dives and retrospectives on individual games, which at the time we're recording this, we're in the middle of Mario month and we're covering a bunch of Mario games. Uh, but I also have done episodes of like weirder ideas like, um, uh, what is it? It's called Still Loading Storytime, where it was dramatic readings of video game manuals. <laughs> I do interviews with people in the industry. I've had voice actors and composers on and kind of a little bit of everything. So, yeah, that is the Still Loading Podcast, and you can find it, that, uh, like I said, on any of those places or stillloadingpodcast.com. 
Awesome. And um, yeah, thank you for the kind words there, too. You're one of our favorite guests to have on to, uh, on here, too. We've loved the friendship we've been able to have with you. And of course, you also have your 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 uh, still bonding uh, as well for, yeah, for James yeah. Bond that I'm hoping to come on uh, on for when you do Casino Royale. Yep. When we get to it's going to we just so still bonding is a Patreon exclusive show. I always thank you for shouting that out because I I always feel weird being like, hey, here's my Patreon exclusive stuff over on someone else's podcast. Like, I I don't know. I always feel weird (laughs) shouting that out. But for the the five dollar patrons, I have still bonding, which is a James Bond podcast where me and my friend Erica bond over 007. And uh, it's at the time we're recording this, we just released Diamonds Are Forever, which is the seventh Bond film. Uh, and it that that movie, oh, <laughs> there is some wild stuff in that movie. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and each of those episodes are at least two and a half hours. So <laughs> they, wow. there, when, for five dollars, you get a lot of content because it's two and a half hours minimum for each of those episodes so far. And in fact, the Diamonds Are Forever one is over three hours. It's our longest one Damn. yet. So there's lots of stuff out there. Yeah, Sweet. it's gonna. I, I always forewarn guests. I'm like, hey, when we do this, just so you know, it's like a four hour recording session oh. <laughs> that we whittle down to like two and a half to three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I could talk about Casino Royale for at least four hours. My God, I love that movie so much. I have. Oh, you, you, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited, and but unfortunately, we can't do a four-hour session for Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, don't worry, though, we will be doing not with that. Attitude. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we will be doing a Roller Coaster Tycoon two in the future because there's honestly just so much to talk about this game. We've just scratched the surface, but uh, Josh, it's been amazing once again having you on. Uh, we can't wait to have you on again for some more Unlocking What Was Cool episodes. And uh, yeah, take care and thanks again. Thank you for having me. See you later, guys. Take care, dude. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. Uh, Josh from the Still Loading Podcast and as well as Still Bonding, too. But uh, yeah, it's it's great to have him on. It's been way too long. Uh, almost 100 episodes, if you can believe it, which is, uh, which is a lot. So I'm really happy that we got to have him on for one of his favorite games, for sure, Roller Coaster Tycoon. And don't worry yet, we will be talking about Roller Coaster Tycoon and probably Galactic Battlegrounds again mm-hmm. uh, at some point, too. And we'll have him on for that. But uh, yeah, and of course, loved love everyone's memories, specifically of how they kill people. <laughs> and like the best ways to go about it that the one that his friend did is maybe the most ruthless i've heard though i love that idea of putting the richest people on an island of just burger stands and bathrooms and then see who the last one with money is i think that's a really cool idea i'd love to do something like that one day with uh with people literally as like a bet thing i think that would be a really really fun thing to do oh my gosh so many cool things you can do with this sandbox game and and just like comparing it to almost like an open world like gta kind of game uh the reason why i like roller coaster tycoon so much more is because it's just roller coasters and and theme parks whereas gta like we've talked about a million times is so many things done very well but it's nice to go back to a game that does one thing insanely well which roller coaster tycoon does and it's also really fun i love talking about roller coasters and theme parks in general with people just especially mm-hmm. folks from different parts of the world like josh mentioning uh, hershey park in uh, in pennsylvania we've never been there obviously i was just looking at the website now while uh, while josh was talking and that park looks really cool it actually looks really similar to uh to canada's wonderland like what we have here except they have uh, people dressed up as uh the, the chocolate bars so you got like people dressed <laughs> like a reese's peanut butter cup walking around which i think is awesome we have uh we have snoopyville here so you got the you know linus and the peanuts and charlie brown and lucy and all those people 
uh, walking around our park. But uh, I, I love I love that type of thing. Just hearing what other people have closest to them. Everyone's got cool stories around theme parks. I feel like if it's not from childhood or from high school or with kids or in Roller Coaster Tycoon, it's uh, it's cool to to talk to people about them. No, it is. It absolutely is. And what's even cooler, Neil, is hearing the back of the case for Ooh. for this one. I know iconic back of the case for you, yeah. probably. Yeah, I love I love everything about the back of the case, the front of the case, the disc even was branded with Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah. uh, tracks. And that font is just, oh, it's, it's so cool. So, so nostalgic. Nostal- so nostalgic. I love it. It's one of the few PC boxes that I can actually recognize since most PC games are, of course, digital these days. But anyway, we're going to hit the back of the case of our first ever PC game of all time. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Design and build the most face-distorting, gravity-defying thrill rides ever seen. Do you have what it takes to create the ultimate amusement park? Well, here's your chance to find out. Roller Coaster Tycoon is the first build-slash-management sim that's as easy to use as it is powerful. Everyone, novice and expert alike, will enjoy building the parks that dreams are made of, complete with the most outrageous thrill rides imaginable. Fun features 14 fantastic roller coaster styles. Choose from a variety of rides, shops, decorations, landscapes, and theme options. Easy, begin building awesome thrill rides right away. Challenging, will your creation be the ultimate thrill ride or the ultimate disaster? Addictive, you won't want to stop. (laughs) I love that they put addictive on the back of a video game. That's my favorite. By the way, guys, this is super addictive, and you'll probably be sitting here for hours playing it. This is going to consume your entire school and personal life. Yeah, it's uh, which it did for me. But I can remember exactly like staring at the back of this case, man, on Christmas morning, two thousand. Like I have distinct memories looking at the the. Uh, the pictures of the gameplay, like what the coasters look like. And like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get to build Ferris wheels and merry-go-rounds and haunted houses. Just like looking at everything on the back of this case that morning until we finally got done with all of our family stuff or whatever. So I could go and finally try to figure out how to install it. Just such a special, (laughs) such a special case. That's the one thing I think that's lost with the, um, with the steam games, obviously is that you don't get that anymore, but it is what it is. That's just part of uh, video games in uh, 2023. But Mike, now that we've hit the back of the case, it's time for our new uh, closing segment for the show, which is our Review That Review segment. Uh, But before we get to that, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to review that review. Yep, that's when uh, Mike and I go back in time. We go and find some reviews from the games that we we review and then uh, talk about the review of that game. So Mike, do you have any reviews from back in the day on Roller Coaster Tycoon to talk about? Yeah, we have a bunch here from Steam. Uh, Neil, I know you were you were uh, doing uh, some research for us here at Unlocking What Was Cool. Me and Victor mm-hmm. appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the true host. <laughs> That's right. He's uh, the real and- mastermind. <laughs> He's a real mastermind behind all of this, and over six thousand reviews on Steam. Uh, and there's there's a lot of interesting ones for sure. Um, a couple uh, that I can read out here, just saying. I joined Steam for this game and 23 hours. So I like to see this as well. See how many hours people have put into these. So 23 hours from from this guy. Uh, also, uh, there's a 449 hour uh, review here, which I love. So that's how you know it's going to be good. Uh, and all it says is guest 543. Roller coaster one looks too intense for me. Me, I'll show you intense. 
Guest 543 has drowned. (laughs) (laughs) That may have been Luigi who did that. Could be Luigi. I feel that review might be Luigi's. Maybe. Another review here from Steam uh, we have is, you can drown visitors if they complain about the prices of your rides. 10 out of 10, which we talked a lot about. And then the last one here that really stood out to me is, this game takes me back to the time before my parents got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that might be Harrison, friend of the show Harrison, writing that one. Very nice. (laughs) 6.5 hours on record by the time they reviewed that. I couldn't find... Any reviews from way back in 1999 that I, I mean, a lot of them were praising the game. I was trying to find ones that uh, maybe were trashing on the game, but it seemed like it was pretty much unanimously loved amongst critics and uh, and players. And even today on uh, on Steam, like we talked a whole bunch about, it's got a huge community on uh, Steam and YouTube, and uh, there's Reddit pages dedicated to Roller Coaster Tycoon. So it hasn't lost any popularity in 24 years, which is very impressive, uh, even for a game like this. Like as good as it is, it's it's crazy to think that people still play it to this day for 450 hours, which is awesome. But yeah. Mike, it gets me thinking, what do you think is the future of Roller Coaster Tycoon? That's a good question, Neil, uh, because I think, you know, if you ask someone in 2015, if we'd ever see like a real Roller Coaster Tycoon game again, they would have definitely said no. Like Chris Sawyer is basically a recluse for the most part, and not necessarily a recluse, but just someone who doesn't want to work in the industry anymore. Uh, and uh, then lo and behold, 2016 comes and he makes Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, uh, which was basically just what we grew up with, but on a bunch of systems and mobile. So that was a pretty big shock. And and if something like that can happen, who knows uh, what can happen in the future? Will we see a Roller Coaster Tycoon game like the ones that we know and love? Probably not. The one thing that I almost think and maybe want to come back is the, the um, his other game, the Train uh, Tycoon. Uh, the Transport Tycoon, yeah. Yeah, and, and like that would be really cool. I, I would love to see that come back in a big way because I think Roller Coaster Tycoon that franchise is just a dead horse that Atari beat until they also didn't have any more money. And right. so Hasbro uh, took it over as well. But Or Hasbro also had a hand in it. I, I forget how it works. But mm. basically, I don't think we'll ever see this game uh, again, really. It'll probably just get ported in some way. Uh, I wish it was a little more accessible, but I think the real future of it is probably just open, open RCT. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with Josh, the community that's around there, and Luigi also mentioned it. Open Roller Coaster Tycoon is is a huge community of people who are really upkeeping this kind of sandbox version of the game and 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 uh, improving it all the time. And I think that's really what's going to happen with this game. It's just kind of a grassroots community that's going to grow around it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this probably in a couple of weeks for the Tony Hawk Underground and how that's had the same effect there. Tony Hawk Underground really just not being um, uh, used that much uh, in terms of Tony Hawk Underground, Activision basically giving it up. And uh, we recently heard last year that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4 aren't getting remakes somehow, which is the stupidest thing ever. Crazy. uh, Considering uh, 1 and 2 did so well and looked great and played great. Uh, We have this massive community keeping Tony Hawk Underground alive and well. And that's basically what's been happening with Roller Coaster Tycoon as well. So it's always nice to see when these games are so good and for whatever reasons, the publishers don't want to upkeep them and, and kind of keep that magic up. It's nice mm-hmm. to see fans, you know, taking into their own hands and doing it. And I think that's probably what the future is going to be uh, for Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. Like, I love the, um, the community that's being built around this game. Like I would like to see Roller Coaster Tycoon's engine being built 
with new rides in it. Like I would love if there was someone out there at Atari or wherever, like whoever the hell ends up buying the rights to it. I would love just this to be like the Mario Kart 8 where it's it's Roller Coaster Tycoon. You can build an amusement park anywhere in the world. Like you don't necessarily need mm-hmm. to be building it in cities, I suppose, but like just the ability to build or to put rides that we go on in in Canada here at Canada's Wonderland or rides that you can go on at Six Flags or at Disney World or or whatever, like Darien Lake, wherever, like, you know, just all these coasters around the world that are so iconic and people travel thousands of miles to visit every year and then line up for sometimes two, three, four hours to go on. It would be so cool to have those in a computer game. Uh, I would love that, honestly, to be able to, like, put like Behemoth, which is a really famous ride near us, or like the, like a random ride from like Marineland, even though that place yeah. is like hell on earth, it should not <laughs> exist. But I, I would still like to have the ability to put rides from all the amusement parks. Like imagine the ability to put every roller coaster in the world in a single park. Like how cool would that be? That'd be just amazing. Like So that's what I would like to see from Roller Coaster Tycoon. If it isn't that, I really don't care what they do. Uh, my personal future with Roller Coaster Tycoon is I'm going to keep playing the original game and two uh, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna keep playing it with with my friends, with my family. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce it to my kids when when they start playing video games. This is definitely going to be a game that I show them uh, as a just a game that teaches them about finances and marketing, and, yeah. and it's it's fun, and it'll get them in, introduced to amusement parks, which I'll eventually take them to. So I look forward to doing that in the future. That's really my personal future with it. But I mean, if they can make good ports on consoles and mobile, I think they should definitely do that. But from what I've played, it seems like it's best played with a mouse and i guess a keyboard as well uh i can't imagine playing it on a console i i don't want to but uh yeah that's kind of uh that's kind of where i stand on it but uh yeah this has been a really fun episode though i've been looking forward to talking about roller coaster tycoon for what feels like years now and i'm uh, i'm very sad to see it end but we still have so many things to talk about in the future on this podcast mike so with that why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode five of unlocking what was cool podcast Episode 5 will not be Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, but don't worry, we will have an episode dedicated to it, Neil. You'll be able to talk about Roller Coaster Tycoon again, because I honestly need another like four hours to talk about this game. I know. There's just so much I can say about it. It's honestly probably one of my favorite games of all time, and one of the games I'd probably ask for on a desert island uh, Mm -hmm. because I could play it forever. And next week, we are going to be doing a Patreon topic episode. So of course, we've been advertising this a bit on the first couple episodes here, where if you are a patron of ours, you can go submit submit a episode, a topic for us, and then vote on it. And the winner was Format Wars. And that is what we're going to be talking about uh, for all you beautiful people next week. And that's going to be talking about just uh, different formats for games, for movies, for all kinds of things, and can the history with that. We have VHS versus beta. We have HD DVDs versus Blu-rays. We have DVDs versus VHS even, and really just how formats have evolved, changed, and somehow switches back to cartridges. So you know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to try out this first ever Patreon elliptic topic. It's gonna be it's gonna be sweet. And Mike and I, we have an interesting history where we grew up in. Uh, I feel like we grew up in one of the only times as being a kid where we saw the overlap of everything at once. Like, it wasn't weird to go to somebody's house and see 8-track CD, vinyl, DVD, VHS, and Blu-ray all in the same spot for at least a little while. It's weird now, but like in the mid-2000s, late 2000s, it was not strange to see all that stuff at once. Uh, We were like really in the crosshairs of all of the tech expanding and and obsolete technology being used for a little bit longer, and now it's, it's all gone on to streaming, which is like the new future. So I'm very excited 
excited to talk about uh, what makes certain formats better than others, what makes some things worse, uh, some formats that we'd love to see come back, and some things that we hope we see never never see the light of day again. So that's going to be a lot of fun to uh, to just talk off the cuff about uh, about some things from our past, which is what mm-hmm. this show is all about. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode four of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free and the option to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell the only handyman in the park you hired to mop up vomit. Mike says hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada, and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, White Wind Wolf L, Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito Benito, AJ Olson 11, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, and Jude. Another thing I love about Roller Coaster Tycoon is starting it up and just like oh, yeah. the the the, tsh- <laughs> like the, the, the the tracks, like the roller coaster tracks kind of yep. sound. I'm like, oh, just the like chain. it gets me in the feels every time. Yeah, I used to remember like having the speakers being on full blast for whatever reason and just that <laughs> sound would just, just echo through the entire house and then do, 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 do,